When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Welcome on in. Happy Friday Eve. Thursday. What the heck? AKA. Hi. What's the matter, Gunner? I feel I feel like I'm watching the, the opening segment of of uh, what was that show? Night Gallery Theater with Rob. <laughs> Good evening. I'm your host, Rob Ellis. <laughs> yeah. So uh hi, that's Barrett. That's Derek. I'm Rob. Hope you guys are doing well out there. Um so at 11.58 and like 35 seconds, I lost power right before we were about to go on the air, which is great. It's, I mean, that's very convenient. It's perfect. So it's all good. But we'll, we'll, we'll muddle through. As soon as hey, I get Rob, uh, back up and running, I'll, I'll have a better setup than I have right now. Rob, don't take this personal, man. But with all the issues that you've had in your neighborhood and your home, yep. it's kind of like a poltergeist neighborhood, man. You yeah, know. it is. Now I expect <laughs> to see headstones start popping up out of the ground and stuff, man. That's Halloween, man. With, I mean, what is going on in your area? It might, man? Be, it might be time to move. 
You know, I was going to say, <laughs> you, I told you, you should come on down to Delaware. We just get old country folk down here. Whoa, 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 whoa. So well, he can go down there, but phone. I can't. Try to move my phone. No, no, you can move to North Delaware. There you go. Don't come, <laughs> don't, don't come south. Move to North Delaware. We're Rob, we'll both be your neighbors, man. Now, see, you just messed it up. You can come across the state line, but don't come 20 miles south. Go about as far as like Wilmington, and then you're yeah. done. We're done. You're Wilmington. Yeah. See that Wilmington area? You got some great. You got Hokesson. You have Centerville. You have Greenville. Beautiful areas. Just don't come down here to where the good old country folk live. I'm just tell right. you. Oh, come on, man. What? Hey, you guys, you got, I've worked with you guys now going on seven years, <laughs> and I thought we had a very productive uh, relationship thus far. We do. I love you guys from afar. <laughs> yes. See what I got to deal with. See what I. It's got not to easy, deal man. With. It's not easy, boy, man. What? Uh, what a great time to be a sports fan. Honest to God, man. Yeah, there is yeah. so much going on right now. Uh, it is. It's fun. It is fun. We are very lucky to be doing what we're doing, man. That's for sure. But busy show today. How about this? So. <laughs> At 1 o'clock, we have Jerry Dulock from, from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We're going to go behind enemy lines like we like to do. 1.30, we'll be joined by Barrett's former teammate. We're going to get all the dirt, by the way, uh, on Barrett. Oh, man. Oh, 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 oh. We're, yes, we're supposed, yes, we are. Oh, man. We're supposed to be talking about the Steelers. We'll get to the Steelers. Oh, we'll get part. to the Steelers You're, later. We'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get that's, the, that's, the, that's the back burner stuff. But we got to get a real insight on you, man. Me and Charlie go, wait, me, me and Charlie go back to – Detroit. We played two years in Detroit together. Oh my god! Oh wow! So you've been with him with two organizations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Chuck are way, way back. That's my okay. boy. So we'll so. we'll talk to him at one thirty. I'm working on it. It looks pretty good. I usually don't say it unless it happens, but I think it's I think it's going to happen. We're just coordinating little minor details. Todd Callis, who is uh, the play by play television voice for the Houston Astros for uh, AT and T Sportsnet Southwest. He is also Harry Callis's son. He'll be joining us at, at 2 o'clock to talk about the Phillies and the Astros matchup. So we got a lot going on, man. It, this is exciting. It, it's a big show today, man, for sure. And we'll dive a lot in the Eagles. But let's start with the big news here, guys. Robert Quinn came down yesterday after, after we were off the air. He comes down. So the Eagles give up a fourth, which is going to be a late fourth, let's face it, in 2023. Um, the, the, the beauty of this is the Bears are paying $7.1 million this year. The Eagles are paying next to nothing for him to be here. He's got two years left on his deal, neither of which are guaranteed. So, you know, this is one of those, yeah, it's probably a rental, but this is for me. I want, if I'm a player on that team, I want to know that my organization is going for it. This is a go for it kind of move to bring in a Robert Quinn. This is a Rams Rams move. There's no question about it. This is Absolutely. a Rams move. Mm-hmm. Everything that they've done leading up to this has been a mirror image of what the Rams did a few years ago to win that Super Bowl. But the good thing about it is the Eagles have not had to give up significant draft capital the way the Rams did to get to where they got. Uh, The Eagles are still in prime position next year to keep building on this thing with quality talent. You know, two first-round picks, second-round, and a third-round pick – to boot and that yep. first round pick is the Saints and it could be a top five pick as well. Mm. I mean, my goodness, you know, Howie Roseman last couple of years is living right. <laughs> um, and as we continue this discussion about Robert Quinn, I had a chance to talk to um, a good friend of mine. He was one of my traveling photographers 
uh, Kevin Foy, who used to be I remember here, Kevin. And, and yeah. uh, you know, he's a photographer for the uh, Bears organization, has been for the last 15 years. And I talked to a couple of other people in that uh, uh, Bears organization. And, you know, when we had our pre-production meeting, Barrett brought up an interesting point about the Robert Quinn uh, acquisition. Um, and I, I said, Barrett, I'm going to save it. I have a counterpoint because when I talk to a couple of Bears people, I'm thinking, interesting. Okay, so, you know, as we continue, we'll go back and forth on this. All right, so the, the interesting thing about him, he, he, he tends to be sort of an every-other-year guy. Uh, what I mean by that is he had 18 and a half sacks last year. He's got one this year, and that's sort of been a pattern with him uh, of late, at least. Um, you know, the, he joins a team that's already got 17 sacks, which is the fourth most in the NFL. They're behind the 49ers, Cowboys, and Bucks. But let's face it, we know they come in bunches. They've been kind of inconsistent. And getting a guy like this at 32 years old with, I think, a lot of tread left on the tire makes a big difference. So, Barrett, let, let, let's dig into this because his numbers may be a little bit misleading and, and deceiving here with the Bears this year at least. Well, you know, you're looking at a guy that they didn't have anybody on their defensive line at this point that could really garner them um, sending protection that way. When you're a big-time player, they're going to allocate, you know, resources to you. So I think, you know, what was the stat that you gave me about how many times he's been double-teamed this year? More, more than anybody in the NFL, he's been double, which speaks to the guys around him. Exactly. So that means he didn't have anybody. He didn't have a yin to his yang. He didn't have a Batman to his Robin to have them go and focus on. When defensive co- and offensive coordinators go and make their game plan, what they do is double-team him, send protection his way, or even a back or a tight end his way to help the offensive tackle block him. So that's just a testament of how good he is. He only has one sack this year. So last year he had 18 and a half. So of course he's going to get that attention. What he'll get here when he walks in that locker room is instant credibility when he walks in the locker room, number one. So they're not going to they're not gonna have to worry about him coming in and is he going to be a part of his team? He's gonna, is he going to mess up the cohesiveness? None of that. He's going to come right in because his resume states that he just had 11, I mean, uh, 18 and a half sacks last year. So his resume already puts him front and center on him helping this team. But what he does now is, all right, who do you pick? Pick your poison uh, officer coordinator. Do you send protection to Hassan Reddick or do you send protection to Quinn? Okay, by the way, you got two horses in, in well, actually three horses in the middle of that defense that can rush the passer in Hargrave and Cox. And then you put the big boy Davis in there. So how do you block these guys? You're talking about a defensive front now that you can send out. Just look at this. Imagine if they go NASCAR, real NASCAR front. NASCAR. Tell people what that means. Yeah, NASCAR is when you put defensive ends in at the tackle positions. So it could be one uh, one tackle and one defensive end, or you can have both defensive ends. Imagine them going out with a NASCAR front. Now, when you really need to heat a quarterback up, you put Brandon Graham on one side, put Josh Sweat on the other side and at the tackle position. Then on the outside, you got Hassan Reddick, and you have uh, – then you have uh, – um, um, okay, how did I just forget his name that fast? Um, Quinn, Quinn on the other side. Mm-hmm. That's four defensive end in there coming off the rock, making those guys move their – making the offensive line move their feet. They won't be able to get a pass off. This is exactly what you want. For for you know for for various reasons, more so being the fact that they can now have more sack production. That's two double digit sack guys on the same defensive line. When was the last time we ever had that? No, it's been, it's been like what, fifteen time. years. It's been a long time. Who 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 loses reps 
in, in this equation? I think he gets Derek Barnett's lost reps. Okay. You know, I mean, I think, you know, he, they really don't use him. We already talked about these guys getting more reps than they really should. You know, I mean, Hargraves and, 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 and Fletcher Cox have been running 60% of the reps. Right. And then, you know, on the other side, Hassan Reddick is probably running about 60% of the reps also. Mm-hmm. So he kind of factors in where you put Hargrave, I mean, you put, um, where you, where you put Sweat, uh, Brandon Graham, he probably figures in there, or, or even on Hassan Reddick's side where he's going against the right tackle. They'll fit him in somewhere because when you can play, they'll find a way. And that's what goes without saying. But just the multitude of, 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 of fronts you can put up there now when you yeah. have a guy like, Quinn, Quinn, and and what what really you know warms my heart that he was a former Dallas Cowboy. So there's going to be a uniqueness in the hatred that he's going to have for that team <laughs> because they let him go. You know, said so that's already built in right now. He's going to hate them because they let him go. Uh, Gunner, you want to jump in on this? Um, first of all, how he does it again at a bargain yep. basement price. You know, uh, Sakudo's a Howie first and foremost. My biggest question is everything that Barrett just said. It it it, it gets the it gives you chills and it gets the hair on your neck standing at the prospects of what can be. But my biggest concern is the guy pulling the strings on the defense still. Okay, you Got brought it. this guy in. The fact that you have another edge rusher, you should bring the house. You should not be. You have you have players on the back end that go man for man across the board with their speed and their versatility. You have linebackers that are, that can do a lot of versatile things. Um, my concern, as I said before, was I wasn't I wasn't big on just their four-man rush getting to the quarterback, and maybe that's why they went out and got this guy, um, number one. Uh, number two, how is Gannon going to deploy all of this? Um, I'm still not 100% guaranteed that Gannon will do the right things. Because when you bring in a guy of this caliber based on his past resume, even though he's 32 now, that means you need to take you, you got to take your foot off people's throats and let them do what they're capable of doing. I don't know if that's going to happen. It remains to be seen. And like I said, it may look great in a span of four days because they're playing Pittsburgh and Houston. But in a bigger scheme of things, what is this going to look like? And number three, uh, when I talked to people and I said, the first thing I said was, how does this guy go from 18 and a half sacks to one sack? Number one, it was a direct correlation to a guy named Khalil Mack being on the other side who was right. generating <laughs> all of the interest over there. But number two, there was concerns about how much he still has in the tank. Mm. Now, I know Barrett has said at one point that he wondered if Robert Quinn was just disinterested. In Chicago well, that's what I'm because, saying. I, that, yeah. Yeah, so let me tell the people that. Yeah. I just thought he was just being disinterested because he's on a team that that weren't going anywhere. They didn't have any sense of, of, of direction as far as them being uh, a playoff team. So he was just disinterested. And that's what I told Derek. And then you turn around and you were about to tell us something. You said, no, we'll wait for the show. So I want to hear what you were about to say. Yeah, basically there was concern about how much he still has left in the tank. You know, and you said, you know – the bears could be in a fire sale, but the bears are starting to make an upward trend. So if you're starting to make an upward trend, it doesn't make sense for you to get rid of one of your veteran leaders. And as we saw uh players set, stepped to the podium, Roquan Smith, and, and basically was bawling because he lost this guy. So what signal have you just sent the bears? They're starting to play like a team 
you send one of the premier leaders elsewhere. So basically, are you telling them that you're just playing for next year? Um, that's a bad message to send. You you are, Derek. I mean, you are. That's a bad message. But in the bigger in in where and I told you guys I talked to my good friend Kevin Foy and said, if you ever want a heartwarming story, this Robert Quinn is an incredible story. And he sent me the video clip of an in-house story they did on Robert Quinn. Did you know when he was 17 years old, he had a brain tumor? No, I didn't. At the age yeah. of 17. And I, re- and I watched the, the video clip, and he talked about how he would be driving and black out for a second, walking, pass out. And then all of a sudden, he goes to a doctor, and he's diagnosed. He's told, you have about a week to live. What? Can you imagine 17 years old? You're just barely starting your life, and you're told that you might have just a week to live. So he said he, said he was starting to say goodbyes to his mom and other people and family members and stuff. But lo and behold, you know, he's still here today to tell his story. It's an incredible, inspirational story uh, from where he was at 17 years old to where he is now. I think when you, when you mentioned, Rob, about whose playing time is he going to cut into, I think here's a prime example that we're going to see reduced time. Brandon Graham. And Hassan Riddick to keep these guys. Brandon Graham didn't practice yesterday, by the way. Yeah, Brandon Graham, and and, and and if they move him around, he could cut into Hassan Riddick's time to keep, not because Hassan's not producing, but to keep him fresher. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. It's a great exactly. rotation to have to keep them fresher. And who knows? Maybe this environment, this change of environment, not just with the new team, but a team that's six and zero, the last undefeated team in the league the favorite to get to the Super Bowl will spark something in him. Hopefully it does. But because of that guy pulling the strings, as excited as I am to see him fit in this scheme, I still have my reservations about how he's going to be utilized. I, I just love, but I, I will just real quick, just before we dig more into Quinn, I, I love that the front office goes for it. They are not sitting on their hands, even though no they're question. undefeated. No question. And no matter how it works out, I give teams props who go for go for it hard, and that's what the Eagles do, man. So I, yeah, I Rob, I think Barrett, I think this I think this is, is in direct answer to what the Cowboys just did. Cowboys go out and get Jonathan Hankton to fill the gap, three hundred forty pound D tackle. Oh yeah, well we're going to go out and get a, 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 another edge rusher. It's like yeah. point counterpoint back and forth between these two. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely and right. Yeah. Just to pick up on the Quinn thing, he still has that tumor. Uh, they drain the fluid out of there, which allowed him to, be, you know, to recover. He gets checked. It could check up, I think, twice a year. Wow! And it, thank God it hasn't, it hasn't grown or not, wow. It's, but it's still there. He has a dime-sized tumor in his, in his, in his brain. But, but anyway, Barry, I'm sorry. You said that for 15 years, then. Yes. He's 32 yes. now. 15. He, years? he said he doesn't even, he doesn't even give it a second thought anymore. It's wow. just, it is oh, God, man, look at God, yeah. bro. Yeah. Ooh. You, you, you think about, you know, you think about, you know, what we go through every day, the day-to-day process of just, you know, living throughout the day and having that known um, um, entity inside you, man, that's crazy that he's allowed, he's able to go out there. So, wow. like I said, I mean, every day is a gift, man. Every day is a gift. And this is a great opportunity for him. He didn't get a Super Bowl with the Rams. Um, he missed it by one year. Yep. He goes up the next year, has Khalil Mack on one side, he's on the other side, gets 18 and a half sacks. For nothing. Now he's playing with a team that you know they're they're basically having a far sale. They let their they've let their best receiver go. They give this young quarterback no weapons. They barely have an offensive line put together, and he gets a chance to go to a team that's six and zero. Imagine what he's thinking right now. I have an opportunity. Yeah, exactly. 
I guess what I'm saying. I have another. I, I, this is a rebirth for him. I have an opportunity to help this team take it to the next level, become a super. Because when I saw that, I instantly thought this is a Super Bowl bound team with mm-hmm. the addition of of, um, of Quinn. Robert Quinn is that good of a player. Robert Quinn demands you account for where he is. So now you have two guys like that, Hassan Reddick and Quinn. You can run a multitude of fronts. He wants to run a multitude of stunts. Now they can run really a, a serious 50 front. 50 front running the hybrid outside linebacker S type of guys on the outside that are, you know, Quinn and, and Hassan Reddick. But then in the middle, you got Hargraves, you got Cox, and you got um, the big fella Davis right there in the middle, head up over the center. Now that the offensive line has the block man. Man to man, one on one against all those guys. I put my yeah. money on the defensive line as opposed to offensive line. I just think about the talent on that side of the ball, guys. I mean, <laughs> you just go, you know, just that we all we listed everybody on up front, but then you got Kaiser White, you know, you got TJ Edwards who doesn't get enough love. Exactly. You know, uh, we could go on and on and on. And then you go to the back end with Bradbury and Slay and Chauncey Gunner Johnson. This defense, and Derek, I hear your concerns with Gannon, but. If he can't get it done with this kind of talent, then then you do need to change. Then the the, the, the gan wagon is out of uh, service. Let, let, let me let me ask both of you this, you know, because uh, I can see the excitement, I can hear the excitement in your voices, as is the case across the tri-state region with this acquisition. I'm going to ask you this, and I'm going to ask others this on different platforms. So, with the way this team is structured right now, both sides of the football, is anything short of this team getting to the Super Bowl a failed season? Yes. Yes, I answered it, for you. I was going to answer before you even finished and said, um, yes. "This is definitely a Super Bowl caliber squad." Yeah, and people asked me last year, "Can Jalen Hurts be a Super Bowl quality quarterback?" I think he's definitely answered the question. Can he get him there? I think he can get him there. I think that he's good enough in what he brings to the table that it's a lot harder for defenders to defense him than it is a lot of these other quarterbacks in the league right now. Yeah. The mere fact that, you know, he has, he does a lot of stuff. Well, you know what I'm saying? But he, you know, he can hang his hat on being a versatile guy, but his ability now to throw the ball and check out a bad plays and put his team in better position. He crossed the T's. And when he started checking out of plays and putting his team in better plays, he's now dotted the I's. You notice yeah. I said get to the Super Bowl and not win it because if things play out the way they are, either Buffalo or Kansas City getting to the Super Bowl to play the Eagles, that's going to be one heck of a Super Bowl. Oh, yes, it's it going to be fun. But, Derek, the other thing you take into account when you say that is not only the Eagles' talent, but, but what we've seen transpire thus far around the NFC. Absolutely. We thought, how good did we think the Bucks were going to be, the Packers were going to be, you know, the Rams, whatever. We could go on and on and on. And, and nobody has stepped up. Like, not no, one of those guys no. has answered the bell so far. And the Eagles have. The Eagles have been the lone consistent team week in and week out that they've I played. Don't know. Yeah, no matter who they're playing, right? right we sit here and debate right. about the schedule and all that. But we see it. You watch. We all watch out of town. We all watch the whole league. And you know teams. And I, I'll exclude Buffalo, you know, for the most part and, and Kansas City. But almost every team in the league, both conferences, just certain weeks don't show up. And exactly. That's the difference with them and this Eagles team. There's no question about it. Um, Howie, Howie right now, I don't know when or where he got the vision to do what he did. We all thought that this would be a better year based on them getting that playoff experience. Never did I think what we're looking at on paper now in terms of roster personnel, would it be to this magnitude? 
But at some point, Howie identified, how, not just Howie, but the entire organization identified, okay, we're satisfied with where Jalen Hurts is. We can add a receiver. We can add this. We can add that. And we could take this thing to a whole nother level. And if we ever get Howie back on, I would love to ask him, at what point did you decide it's time to just go for it all this season instead of continuing the process of building this thing in the right direction? And people would people would have been satisfied mm. with this team being a good team, getting into the playoffs to a second level, meaning the second round instead of the first round. And people would have been satisfied with that when you looked at the, the roster nucleus. But now that you've added some of the things you've added, like CJ, CJ and now, you know, Robert Quinn to go along with the Bradbury and all these guys, there's a whole nother expectation for this team now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think, you know, we chronicled this. I, I think draft night, when he realized he could pull off the A.J. Brown thing, then everything else sped up. I, I yep. think they were yep. on a, a trajectory where they were, hey, let's get better. Let's try and win a playoff game. Uh, you know, let's see what happens. And then A.J. Brown started the snowball effect, and everything started picking up from there. Right. I truly believe that. You, right. Right. You, you, you talk about, you know, once he made that move, First thing we said as, as, as critics and, and as, um, you know, as media, well, they're two players away from being a, a really, really good team. Two players being a corner and a safety. We didn't know we had in Harris. We didn't know how we were going to go out and get somebody opposite of Slay. But, man, how did he finagle these guys out, uh, these teams out of so many good players, man, and, and sign good players, young players at that? You know, I mean, Quinn, you know, he's older, but I'm talking about, look at the young guys that are Kazir White. You know, I mean. Brown. They're young. Brown. Look, these guys are young. Gardner I mean, Johnson's young, young, not talented. Old. Yeah. So, I mean, the sky's the limit for this team, and you cannot, you can't at this point say that, all right, they shouldn't be a Super Bowl team. They should be a Super Bowl team. I think everybody in the NFL are thinking they should be a Super Bowl team. Mm-hmm. We are now pushed into being a solid number one candidate uh, right now, as far as, you know, going to the Super Bowl or, I mean, the thought of us running the table is not too far fetched. No. You know, I mean, I know, no. come on. I know, it's, you know, that's, that's, that's almost crazy to even think, man, but look at the talent we have, man. I know any given Sunday is definitely a real thing, mm-hmm. but it's also a real thing that the talent that this team has and not just the talent, but how they go about their business. They go about their business and understand that they're always, they're always in a position where they found that they can do more. So they're going to practice to, to to iron out that that wrinkle that they had that they didn't that they saw a flaw in in the previous game, and they almost overcorrect on how they do it. They mm-hmm. all right, we mess up, we we didn't tackle well. They go in the next game and they tackle everything you know that's not you know that's not that's running around. They tackle on everything. They go back. All right, we uh we didn't get the ball to AJ Brown. Boom, we start just pumping it to him. We didn't get the ball to, to Devontae Smith. They get the ball to him. We didn't get the ball to, you know, Dallas Goddard. They know how to fix the problems that are, are, are ailing them. So as long as they keep with the mindset that they've always got something to prove, they've always got something to fix, they've always left money on the table, this team could, could really, really be good, man. Yeah, and I don't, they're never going to say this publicly, but – their actions show where their bar is. Right. You know, this exactly. is not get to the playoffs and lose to Tampa Bay and be happy that you improved from last from the previous season. This is now the expectations are very real. 
and yep. they should be. Nobody should lower the bar. Like keep nope. the bar where it's at. That's where exactly. this is right now. And they got that's leadership that 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 that's going to do that. They have guys like they have guys like you know Jalen Hurts is going to make sure that's going to happen. You know, old school type of thinking. Like, all right, we're going to work it. We're going to do it the hard way. We're going to work for it. So yeah, yeah. man, I, I can't wait. Can't yeah, wait. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right. So uh, Barrett, you gotta you gotta you gotta hop for a second. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be right back, fellas. All right, Barrett's gonna hop off. Derek and I are gonna stay with you. Uh, so coming up, Derek, we have, and we mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, Jerry Dulock's going to join us from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. He's covered the Steelers for a long time. Right. He's going to give us some real insight on what's going on with them and you know how this, how this thing looks, how this matchup looks between the Eagles and the Steelers. The segment after that, we have Charlie Batch, uh, Barrett's old buddy. So we will talk to Charlie. I'm curious to get Charlie's take on Jalen Hurts, too, Derek. You know, guy kind of watching from afar. Well, not only that, Charlie, Charlie back in his day, he was that so-called hybrid quarterback. You know, yep. when he was in Detroit. So mm-hmm. if anybody should have a feel uh, for what, you know, you look at a lot of these quarterbacks now, they're they're considered hybrid quarterbacks nowadays. You look at the Daniel Jones, the Jalen Hurts, all these guys, you know, Josh, even Josh Allen is as mm-hmm. prolific as Josh Allen is as a quarterback for Buffalo. You know, there's all these, all these quarterbacks now have design plays call for them to run the ball now. So I'm right. curious to see what he thinks about today's NFL quarterback and, and how, how the position has evolved since he played. Absolutely. All right. So we'll do all of that. Uh, and then Phillies certainly coming up next. Uh, game one tomorrow, Derek, can't come soon enough against the Astros. We will dig into that matchup and just kind of look at the, the, the Phillies have been real road warriors here. They've, they've done very well on the yep. road, especially striking first, Derek, in, in each and every one of their series thus yep. far. So we'll yep. we'll get into that and some of the decisions that, that Rob Thompson has made in terms of who is going to pitch and who isn't and all that kind of stuff. So we'll do all of that when we get back. You don't want to go anywhere. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, so let's talk about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group, right? Because we all know that that trying to figure out who the best person to put your, your hard-earned work in those hands, who the best person is, can be a challenge. That's for sure. Jim Murray is the right person, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, if you have a small business and you look for some help being able to set up your employee benefits, Jim can help you with that as well. I know I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call. 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. You could email him as well. Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey, the largest workers' compensation law firm in Pennsylvania. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. Even better, Pondley Hockey doesn't charge a dime until you win. If you've been injured at work, give Pondley Hockey a call. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. 
It's a fall car fest, and Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown says, yes, you can. Jeff says, yes, you can choose from over 1,000 vehicles in stock with no wait. Yes, you can still get low prices, leases, and big discounts. Yes, you can still get low interest financing. And Jeff always says, yes, you can have a real deal buying experience without the hassle. When the other dealers say, no, you can't, Jeff says, yes, you can. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Jeep Adventure Days. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. And we are Sports Day Kicks for YouTube Network. Derek Gunn, along with Rob Ellis Barrett, will be back right around 1.30. Um, still no power in the Ellis compound. So this wasn't <laughs> just internet, Derek. This was full-blown power. So I don't know what just happened. Is it the whole neighborhood or what? I don't know. I didn't. I don't have enough time to run outside and check what's going on. But uh, I'm trying to book guests during the break and move things. And it's good times. Anyway. Todd Callis locked in. He'll be joining us at two o'clock. So we'll talk to Todd about the uh, the Astros. We'll get his, uh, you know, kind of really go behind enemy lines there with him. Uh, with that, this is a good good enemy lines day for us. We got two yeah, Steelers guests and, uh, and an Astro guest and all that good stuff uh, for sure. And a little later, we'll do some NFL. I think this is gonna be cool. We are gonna do our NFC power rankings, okay? Yep. But in addition, we're gonna do our bottom feeder power uh-huh. rankings. Our uh-huh. bottom five, man. This, this was easy, right? That usually when we're we're trying to fill out five. It's like you drop off after three. This was like I could do about twelve of these. Um, it 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 was it was tough. The the top three were easy when he got to four and five. You'll be surprised at who my number five is, and I'll tell you why. And I think okay. I think you'll be like initially like, wow, you put them at number five as one of the worst, and I'll say yes, and then I'll tell you why, and you'll say, yeah, you're probably right. So all right, all right, we will do. <laughs> and I I have let me put it to you this way, I have three teams in my five that I never thought I'd be saying this right now on, on October 27th. Let three of them. Let me see if I, let me see if I agree with you. How many do I have in my five? Uh, there's only one in my five. 
that I'm surprised I put in there. No, no, really? I'll say two. Two. Okay. There's okay. two in my five. I thought I never thought I'd put in there. Yeah. Okay. All right. So. We'll we'll dig into that in a little bit. So Phillies Astros tomorrow night, Derek, eight oh three game one. We we know it's gonna be Aaron Nola. Um, and we know one of the big reasons and, and look, as much as people can't stand analytics and trends and all that, you know, I, I think Rob Thompson does a nice job of gut, but also following some of these trends and some of these analytics. Like for example, you know, Aaron Nola will go tomorrow, but I think the big part of the reasoning is they want Zach Wheeler with a little bit of extra rest. And we talked mm-hmm. about this on the show yesterday. So during the season, 10 starts on regular rest. He has a 3.66 ERA. Okay. That's Wheeler. Yeah. When he has an extra day, which he will on Saturday, right? Saturday's yep. So, yeah, Saturday. He ha- this is 11 game sampling. He has a 2.57. So, his ERA is more than a, a run less mm. when he has an extra day rest. So, I think that's really what the thought process is. And, and that's huge. Uh, and that's, I'm yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to cut you yeah. off. Um, that's huge because when you look at how Houston got to where they are, it's not like they were blowing um blowing the Yankees off the face of the, of the diamond. They 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 weren't pr- producing a lot of runs. They were getting just enough runs, enough timely hits, and of course their pitching staff is stellar to get right. the job done. So I think that's huge. I think if you're gonna if you throw in the analytics, um, I think Rob Thompson not only looked at, you know, what happens with Wheeler when he gets that extra day of rest, but also, hey, look at how the look at how the Astros got here. They were winning games 4-3, 4-2. The only blowout game was a game they won 5-0. But for the most part, they were close game. And you look at the way they got past the, um, um, the previous series. You know, Yankees, it was the same yeah. way. You know, not the, the, the series before the Yankees. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. It, it was basically yeah. the same way. It's it's timely hitting how they got to where they are right now. So, you know, that comes into play. I think when you go back to that clinching game against San Diego, that was more field in terms of – how he sent his pitchers to the mound. I never thought Eflin would come in the game that early. I never thought he would consider using Suarez as his closer. When you consider he has Alvarado, sorry, Anthony, you know, uh, Robertson that he could call up, and even Eflin to call up to close out a game, you know, but the way he orchestrated that, that had to be more of a feel because the analytics there wouldn't have made sense in terms of how he used them compared to how we watched them use his pitchers prior to that. Yeah. I'll tell you the other thing I like, Derek. He doesn't wait a- until it's total disaster. What I mean by that is game – go back to game uh, four, when that Saturday night game where the Padres jump all over Falter. Uh-oh. I think Mr. Ellis is uh, froze out for, for just a moment. Uh, as Rob has told you uh, earlier in the show – that his area is experiencing some power difficulties and hopefully we get Rob back uh, in just a few moments, but speaking, speaking, speaking of which there he is. Um, uh, Uh, So my point was Derek, sorry, I'm going with the punches here. I'm doing the best I can. But so um, yeah, like I I love that he pulled falter in the first inning. Didn't let that get worse. Then on, on the clincher, I'm not going to die with, with David Robertson. I'm going to, I'm going to throw a gamble in here and throw Suarez and let's see how he reacts to it. Like like that to me is the gut part where, you know, Thompson is just, I see what's going on. I don't care what the book says or whatever. I'm making a move right now. I love that about him. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Rob. And and let's go back to when he assumed this role, when he was given the reins to this team, when they were down in the dumps, basically 
I think the moves that he's made throughout the playoffs have been consistent with moves he's made all season long. You know, usually when you're an interim, you might be a little bit afraid to to, to mm. put too much of your own personality on this thing because you don't want this just to be a quick fix. You don't want to be just a quick stopgap. You know, hopefully mm. they look at you and say, hey, you know what? He might be the right guy for the long term. I think he put his signature on this from day one in terms of how he wanted to run a baseball team. And lo and behold, there were so many landmines and stumbling blocks along the way with the injuries piling up. He did he never he never strayed away from who he is. Right. You know, and, and it and it carried over and it's more magnified in the playoffs because every game is do or die. And in the scenarios, especially when it's back and forth, back and forth, lead, give up the lead, get lead, give up the lead. He never wavered from who he is, Rob. And that's why I think I don't know if it was by accident. I don't know how thoroughly the Phillies diagnosed this to look at this. But he was the right man for the job all the all along. Mm-hmm. And, you know, luckily the Phillies did the right thing before the season was over and extended him a couple of years. Um, it's obvious these guys love playing for him. You know, they're, they're a loose bunch, you know. And when you're the constant underdogs, and I equate this to the 2017 Eagles, when you're the constant underdog every time you step on the field for the next game or next opponent, next series – you play looser because you're playing with house money. Nobody expects you to be there. Well, you know what? Let's go out and shock the world. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And I and I do think if, if you just look at it from this way, this standpoint, nobody, as you said, nobody expects the Phillies to be here, right. number one. Number two, this is an Astro team that, yeah, they did win it in 17, Derek, but right. that one, there is an asterisk with it with yep. some of the cheating allegations, right? Um on top of that, they've been here a bunch of times. Like it almost feels like sort of the Eagles under Andy Reid when they were in that run right. and they couldn't quite get over the hump. And yep. that starts to manifest itself in your head yes. too, where you got a lot of pressure. That, that team's got a lot of pressure on itself. No question. No question. I guarantee you. You see, it's not just the Houston media who's talking to the players now. Now you have the national media converging down there. They're all looking for that definitive quote, that definitive story. And I guarantee you, one of the angles on that team is. You can get there, but you can't win the big one. Why? And the one you won is tainted by by, by cheating allegations. So all of that's swirling through their minds right now. When you look at their roster, that, that, that roster up and down is one of the best rosters in all of baseball, if not the best roster in all of baseball. But you don't play the game on paper. You got you to play. And the fact that you haven't done it since 2017, when you've had more than enough opportunities to get it done, can you imagine what they must be thinking now? Well, going the other into part the is, Derek, you steamrolled everybody. You haven't lost the game. So you come in not only as favorites, as yes. prohibitive favorites yes. here to beat this Phillies team that, that everybody looks at and says, oh, 6C, they wouldn't even have been in if they had they not expanded the playoffs, yeah. you know, et yeah. cetera, et cetera. So from that standpoint, you're right. The Phillies, I and I also just think by nature, they're a pretty loose group. We've seen the way they, they have fun yeah. afterwards and, you know, uh, Schwarber's on the mechanical bull at, at you know Xfinity Live, whatever. Like yeah. this group is not like, oh my God, who's next? We just won. No, they enjoy the moment, and I no, think they're going to no. suck it all up and soak it all in. And when you look at this lineup, Rob, they can put runs and bunches on the board in a hurry. Yeah, you know, can can Houston play catch up baseball in that regard? If they get down four or five runs, as good as their pitching staff is, that remains to be seen. I think I think the the Phillies have a decisive power advantage when it comes to Houston. Houston's a good contact team. You know, they yep. spray the ball everywhere. But in terms of getting a couple of men on base and, and hitting that one shot, they can put a two or three run difference between you. I think the Phillies have the edge there. That's going to be huge to see. 
uh, in terms of can Houston's pitching staff keep the Phillies' power offense in the yard, especially the way Bryce Harper is hitting the ball now? Can you keep Bryce Harper in the yard? Both both of these ballparks are hitter-friendly parks, okay? Yeah. So you're really going to have to be fine-tuned pitching going corner to corner on the plate, and hopefully – you. Know, uh, the thing I don't want to decide this game is the umpires. And as we've watched playoff baseball across the board this this fall, yeah, the calls behind the plate have been so inconsistent. And you see, you see batters standing at the plate. Wait, you just called it a ball a few minutes ago. And now it's a strike. What the yeah. heck are you doing here? So hopefully, hopefully, this series is not decided in the hands of the umpire. I'm with you. I'm with you. But I, I want to go back to your last point. You know, it is a very hitter friendly ballpark. That's for sure. And the beauty for the Phillies is, you know, they're 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 guys that you really are counting on. They're big money guys. They're, you know, they're they have been unbelievable. Harper's been unbelievable. Schwarber has really oh come goodness. on. Hoskins is hot. You know, all these guys. Segura, uh, 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 Real with clutch hits. Real Muto with the with the hit that started everything in the in that eighth inning. I mean, all of those guys who are your main cogs. Let's face yep. it, are coming in feeling real good about themselves in this series. I mean, Harper's locked in like we've maybe ever, never seen in a postseason. But Hoskins hit, hit three home runs in his last, what, two games. Yeah. So he's yeah. feeling good. You know, Real Muto's feeling good. Is Segura no – like, I don't know about you, but other than Harper in, in, a, in a clutch situation, I want Segura at the plate, man. No question. And the thing about Segura is, Rob, when you look at a lot of his clutch hits, they've been pitches that are low and away. Yeah, you know, and and it's not like he, you know, he's getting them right down the middle. He's going, so he's going after bad pitches and making necessary contact to deliver the goods. You know yeah. how difficult that is for a pitcher when a pitcher thinks he maybe I can get him fishing at a, at an outside pitch. He's tattooing it to the opposite opposite fields and being productive. You know, so that's another element. The only my only concern with this Phillies team is their defense. Yep, the defense worries me just a little bit at certain mm-hmm. positions. It should. You know, when, when it comes to Hoskins and even Bohm, sometimes when he comes up throwing, um, you know, it, it I, you know, I, and, and Houston is such a <laughs> solid defensive team, you know. Just the way uh, you put that, you're like, I, uh, I'm with you. I'm with uh, you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like, yeah. uh, you know, I can't, I can't have a ball hopping over Hoskins' glove at a crucial point in the game. I can't yeah. have Bohm coming up throwing the ball out in the center field uh, on a, a possible routine double play ball. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm with you. Like, I don't need. Hoskins at first to be Keith Hernandez. I, no, I just need you no. to make the basic play. Uh, and same thing, like there was some weird stuff in that series too that they survived. Like, you know, Segura is not going to miss a ball on on a double play ball that's tossed right. almost perfectly to him by Stott. That yep. that was just fluky. But you're yep. right. Like Hoskins has to clean it up. Uh, you know, across the board, they just need to be cleaner. You can't have the wild pitches. And I know the conditions were awful were in, that, in, that, yeah. in that last game, but you, you have to tighten everything because let's face it, as much as they played teams that were quote unquote better than them, you know, St. Yeah. Louis, Atlanta, and yeah. San Diego, yeah. this team's another level from even those teams. Yeah. Yeah. There's no question about it. Um, as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm so intrigued just to watch that first game. You got Nola against Verlander. You know, we've discussed Verlander's inconsistency when it comes to postseason pitching. Uh, there's no question he's one of the better pitchers to ever p- pitch this game. Uh, but for whatever reason, his postseason numbers are a little different than what they are in the regular season. How will he hold up in the magnitude of this of this one? Um, he's, he gets the ball in his hands first. He gets to start yes. it out. They haven't lost a playoff game. They have it at home. It's national TV. I know media people across the nation have asked him about his numbers uh, postseason compared to the regular season. This is not just 
going into another game thinking about overcoming. This is every win counts towards what the ultimate goal has been. You are yep. one of the last two teams standing. You probably will win the Cy Young Award for the American League this year. And everything is focused on what you do to keep this powerful Phillies lineup off uh, um, out of sync. Yeah. And, and you know, w- when you're him and you've had the kind of success that he's had in every realm other than the World Series, this is why I think this, this game one is so fascinating. You're at their place. If you can get on him early, not a lot. You get, he gives a couple up early. Yeah. And yep. you got a lead. And the crowd's quiet. And then he starts thinking, here we go again. As great as he is, but that that is in the back of his mind somewhere. In the recess no of his question. mind is the World Series struggles. Then all of a sudden, and you're the Phillies, and you're saying to yourself, well, let's look at this from our perspective, okay? We're 3-0 and in game one of the postseason. All on the road. We can do this. Like, we've been here, done that. You know, and, yeah. and it's not like they face chopped liver in terms of the pitching that they've taken on. You know, they've done it against, like, Darvish types and, and, and really good pitchers. So, they know that we got this, that we can do this, that we can be successful here if we get on them early. Mm-hmm. You know, Nola's kind of a fascinating case because the last time he pitched in, in Houston, he was great. Six and two-thirds, no runs, one hit. We know that. He was perfect going into the seventh inning. Yep. Granted, it was kind of a half an effort from the Astros, which I don't blame them, okay? They had everything locked up, so they weren't exactly as locked in as you would be. Understandable. So, But I also think from – Nola doesn't, Nola can't care about that part. He just knows when I was here the last time, I was real good, man. So I think that part maybe comes into it a little bit. What worries you is his last outing against the Padres, four and two-thirds, six yep. runs, two home runs allowed. They had a 4 nothing lead, you know, and he gives it up and gave up seven hits and all that. I think he'll be more of the mindset. I can't wait to flush that because as soon as if I go out here and deal in game one, who cares? We won that last series. What I did in that game doesn't mean anything. I think, I think one of the more intriguing storylines in this whole series will be when it comes to Rob Thompson and Dusty Baker, how much of a short leash are the pitchers on? Yeah. That's going to be huge in terms of, not just starting pitching, but the entire staff. How much of a short lease are they on? If things are going mediocre to sour, you know, will your front line, will you pull them after three innings, two and a half, two and a third innings? You know, will you, will you kind of let them work their way out of the situation as you've done in the regular season with some of your pitchers? How are you going to handle that? Because Houston's bullpen is much deeper than the Phillies. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how it's going to be interesting to see. And I, again, I don't go into this series second guessing anything Rob Thompson has done up to this point. Sure. But that chess match is going to be so intriguing because there's a lot of prominent names pitching that's, that's in starting pitching for yeah. this series. You know, we, we agree that the Phillies have three solid starters. Would they have to implement a fourth starter? And who would that fourth starter be? Yeah. Houston is five deep. When it comes to starters, their bottom three starters would start on most other teams in a in, in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. You know how, how do you how do you adjust to that? And you look at you look at Houston's bullpen rotation. My goodness, nasty. Uh, then, and they got one of the premier closers in the game in Presley. You yep. know, and you know we have three potential closers. You know how how is that all going to play into this thing, man? Uh, yeah. It's it's gonna be great. I think you bring up a great point because here's the thing. I mean, let's be real. Beyond Sir Anthony and Alvarado. It's kind of scary, right? I mean, I, I don't know exactly what this looks like if your starters can't go deep. Um, you know, I, th- yeah. I would think you'll tap into Eflin pretty early because he can give you multiple innings. But, 
yeah, there's not there's not a high trust factor. So you need these guys to get you six, seven. You don't want this to be a four yeah. or five, especially because Derek, you, as you point out, I'm talking about when you get past the Nola Wheeler game. You know, Suarez is probably not going to go super deep for you, so you're going to need right, to pull back right. a little bit there. And then you get in that fourth game where it's just you know flip a coin. I, I would guess he goes Syndergaard, um, just based off of the. But well, based off the way Falter pitched, I know, I know man. You know, know, and I don't think he trusts Gibson at all. So I think it's going to be Syndergaard, hopefully, to give you three. I think that's what he's hoping. Whoo, man. Okay, yeah. then you're talking about. Okay, so we're, we're talking about a, a collection of pitchers that that make you hold your breath because you don't know what's going to happen. Syndergaard, Hand, uh-huh. Gibson. Yep. Um, and there's one more um, that I'm thinking of here. Um, Dang it! Can't think of who it is right now. Yeah. But those 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 are a collection of pitchers that 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 make you you hold your breath in yeah. a lot of ways, man. You know, and you know, oh, Falter, yeah, Falter's the other one. Yeah. Um. Would, would he shy away from them? But if you do, where do you go? Yeah, you can't. You can't. Where do you go? Shy. You can't. I, you know, I, and I know. I think if he had his druthers, he wouldn't use hand. But he might have to use hand. Just you might have to experience. Yeah. Than the other guys. I think he's probably looking to avoid avoid any more Falter and any more any Gibson. I, I think those are the two guys you can kind of lock in that he doesn't want to get near. Uh, doesn't mean you, you you might not be pressed into service with him, but I don't think he wants to use him. Um, well, Rob, I also have some concerns about Robertson. Yeah, I do too. I, I don't I, trust I, him. Derek, he walks too many guys, man. There's too there you many go. walks. Yeah, and that's what Houston feeds off of. Yep. That's their rallying point. We get men yep. on base. Somebody's coming up that's going to hit in the clutch. Yeah. yeah, that's that worries me, man. You know, he's he's a quality pitcher, but you don't know. You don't know what this dude, man, mm-hmm. from game to game. He pitches I, lights out one game and the next game is like, get him out of there. Get him out of there. Yeah. You know, I, I can't figure if he hit a wall or he's not healthy. I don't I don't know what's going on. But know, yeah, dude. I mean, that ninth inning, man, against the Padres, he should have been able to take care of his business. And you would have called Suarez in and. You know, and thank your lucky stars that, that Grisham decides to bunt for some reason. I mean, yes. like things, you know, they, they were, they, they were, sh- the sports gods were shining on you, man, that, that, that you were able to wiggle out of that mess. But a lot of it was self inflicted wounds by Roberts, and he walked two guys I know. in that inning. Oh, my goodness. You know, so, but, but then again, this is it. You know, for as many mistakes as we think the Phillies might make, hey, Houston's not, Houston's not this, this uh, um, unmistakable team. They make mistakes also. Sure. They're really good at overcoming your mistakes, and hopefully they make enough mistakes that the Phillies can capitalize on them, especially on the road. You know, yeah. Uh, if they can, if they can gain their series advantage and bring it back here, we know what the Phillies' record is at home. You know, um, I it. Yeah, that, I that's it. huge. That is huge. Five and so. up. Yeah, I tell you the, the other thing um, that is really fascinating. It's the manager storylines. You have Thompson, yeah. who has taken over as an interim guy, who hasn't even coached and enti- managed an entire season on his own in the major leagues. And then you have Dusty, who's been around forever, forever yep. as a player and yep. forever as a manager and been real close a bunch of times, San Francisco days, you know, et cetera. He's been close Cubs. He's been there. Right. So either way, it's like, you're either going to have the guy who took over in, in, you know, midstream here in June mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. the old, the old veteran who wins mm-hmm. it. I mean, it, it's a nice little chess match between those two. And, you know, everybody it, it, universally loves Dusty Baker. And how much and how much has Dusty been asked about that this week leading up to this yeah. series? Hey, uh, you've been close a number of times, but no cigar. So from a managerial standpoint, making decisions, yes. that's got away in his mind as well. Yep. You know, because yes. he's been close. And you're right. Everybody in baseball loves Dusty Baker, you know, yeah. but 
Dusty Baker still has not grabbed that brass ring and he's had opportunities to do it. How much is that weighing in the back of his mind in terms of strategizing of what he's going to do with not just pitching, but his lineup as well? There's definitely more heat on Houston. I, there is no oh, question goodness. about that. that yeah. There's more heat on Houston. That's for sure. All right. So when we come back, uh, Derek, I believe I have power back. So you may see the regular oh. knock on knock on something. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, Jerry Dulock going to join us from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We'll get a little bit more insight on the Steelers. Uh, mentioned Charlie Batch after that. Todd Callis after that. We just keep it rolling, man. Uh, we'll dig into our NFL stuff as well in and out of our NFL guests. Sixers lose again, which we'll touch on. They're a disaster. We'll talk about that as well. So you don't want to go anywhere. Uh, Barrett's going to be back with us at 1.30, by the way. He's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, let's talk about our good friends at ProAction Restoration. ProAction Restoration, they are still down in Florida, by the way, aiding victims of Hurricane Ian. Uh, they're just doing yeoman's work down there, that's for sure. But if you have a home, you have a business, you have a property that's gone through the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, or mold damage, you now try and can be, right? Well, I have the right people that you can call to help you out. It's ProAction Restoration. They're on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. I've gone through it on a personal level. I called them on a Saturday. They came over to my parents' house. They cleaned the place up. The crew was professional. The price was reasonable. It was every box was checked, right? So also keep in mind, they are licensed, bonded, and fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So could be fire, could be smoke, could be mold damage, whatever the case may be, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. It's a fall car fest, and Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown says, yes, you can. Jeff says, yes, you can choose from over 1,000 vehicles in stock with no wait. Yes, you can still get low prices, leases, and big discounts. Yes, you can still get low interest financing. And Jeff always says, yes, you can have a real deal buying experience without the hassle. When the other dealers say, no, you can't, Jeff says, yes, you can. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Jeep Adventure Days.
Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. Welcome in, everybody. Oh, yes. Oh. Yes. Yes. We are back. Uh, Is the power back in the development? For the time. For the time being, Derek. Who knows? Who okay. knows All at right. this point? Uh, so, uh, a couple things. We'll have Jerry Dulock in a little bit from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Uh, NFL, another NFL trade uh, gunner that uh, mm-hmm. we were talking about the Eagles making the move for Robert Quinn. Yeah. The Kansas City Chiefs make a trade with the Giants to get Kadarius Toney. Look, no surprise there. This has been a, a marriage made in hell <laughs> with uh, with those guys. Um, you, you figured the Giants would be shipping him out eventually, and and he got his wish. He got now out. You of town. you watched Tony go to Kansas City and shine in that offense. Yes, just what the way you? Schuster did, just the way Scanling did. You watch him. They're gonna find they're gonna find a niche for him, and he's gonna shine in that offense. Man, would not surprise me one bit all right i think we uh, i think we have our next guest up and ready to rock and roll that is jerry duck jerry oh! looks, like he's, looks like he's at the practice facility right now the uh the bubble if you will like we call it here in philadelphia but jerry from the pittsburgh post gazette jerry thanks for joining us man is that where you're at well i am in a practice facility and you are welcome and of course anytime i get to be on with the gunner i jump <laughs> i jump at the opportunity my man good to my see you, man bro. is right absolutely always good to see you my friend we go way back man we spent many years together yes, that's exactly right it's always good to see you and Likewise, well, bro, bro. i hope i see you sunday Yes, Jerry. Give us your impressions of Gunner when you guys were. Whoa, uh, whoa, 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 whoa! Wait. Yeah, wait, no, no, wait, no. Wait. We're gonna do. It. We we need a little insight. We need wait. Jerry's gonna speak the truth here. <laughs> you yes. know, uh, uh, stylish, uh, smooth. Uh, you know, uh, a, a man of great presence. A lot like me. <laughs> there you go. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I uh, Gunner. I actually stole that line from Sam Nover. So uh, he said that oh, once years God. ago. So uh, that's why I borrowed it from our old friend, Sam Noah. That's awesome. So, Jerry, I'm trying to figure out. We, we are so accustomed, you know, from afar to an extent, even though we're in the same state, of seeing the, the, the Steelers just be good every year, very consistent every single year, and being a team that is always a threat every single year. Did we lose Jerry? Do we still have Jerry? Uh-oh. Is he, did he freeze? We'll get Jerry back. Xander, let's uh, – let's, oh, we got oh, him. He's he back. He's back. He's I think back? he is back. Okay. So I was doing this big build-up, Jerry, uh, about the Steelers. No, we don't have him. All right, we'll we'll try and get him uh, get him straightened out. I'm back. Jerry's not. We don't know what's happening. I, I think Jerry is back. Okay, so Jerry's back. Oh man! All right, Jerry. I was doing this big build-up about how how consistent the Steelers are every year, and we're trying to figure out exactly what is happening now. So give it in, in a in a you know just a roundabout way. Why are they a two and five team, and how did they get here? Well, as you guys know, Mike Tomlin's had 15 straight years uh, of non-losing seasons, only coach to ever start his career uh, doing that in NFL history, which is a very impressive streak. Um, But right now, um, you know, that's kind of been compromised. You're playing a rookie quarterback. You went to Kenny Pickett a lot sooner than you thought you were going to after three and a half games. 
and they're gonna they're gonna uh, you know kind of live and die with this uh you know some of the the things that w- they know he can do we've seen him do and but also a lot of his uh, rookie mistakes he's thrown seven picks in four games two of them cost him ball games at the end yeah. and um that's been part of the problem but you know what the struggles on offense go back to last year you know since the start of last year 12 of 14 12 of 24 games they haven't scored more than 17 points and that's using four different quarterbacks so it's not like it's just one guy it happened with Ben Roethlisberger Mason Rudolph played in that stretch Mitch Trubisky and now Kenny Pickett and the only time this offense ever flourished was last year in the fourth quarter when Ben Roethlisberger when they were trailing said you know what the heck on this game plan I'm doing what I what I know can work I'm going no huddle and that's when the offense scored points that their fourth quarter offense was the highest scoring in the national football league last year because of that but other than that this offense has just struggled since the start of last season you know jerry when you look at the collection of wide receivers they have with this particular group of steelers and even though they've had the revolving door quarterbacks between trubisky and pickett why do you think they haven't been able to integrate the wide receivers uh more so in this offense yeah it's been kind of strange gunner because you know there's only uh uh the wide receivers only have two touchdown catches yeah. this year, and they each happened in the past two games. And so they haven't been able, for any number of reasons, to get the ball to them. You know, even Pat Fryermuth, their tight end, just only recently, you know, he was hurt for a couple games, mm-hmm. so he hasn't played. Um, but, you know, they haven't taken a lot of chances down the field, but they have recently. And but for whatever reason, it's just it it is it's hard to pinpoint. It's hard to say. You know, you can't use a, a protection as an excuse. Uh, you know, maybe maybe the guys, you know, is it route running? Is there, Are there bad throws, bad decisions, bad play calls? It's probably a number of things. Um, but whatever the case, you know, that's a, that's a fairly talented receiving group. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they haven't changed games uh, with their plays has been, uh, yeah, is, has been a big problem. So, Jared, would you say, you know, I know Mike Tomlin is obviously the, the, the boss, the CEO, but have the coordinators let them down? Like, is there, is there enough talent there that they should be better? I, I mean, we see it from afar. We see Pickens and Claypool and, and, and you know, Najee Harris. Uh, Najee Harris. There's a Man. lot of talent here, but how much of it is coaching or a bad offensive line? What, what, what would you say on offense? Well, you know, fellas, I, I strongly believe that of all professional sports leagues, the National Football League is a coach's league. And I say that because every team has talent. Back in the day when I traveled around the league to other teams, Every locker room is filled with big, strong, fast guys who can run, can jump, and can throw. It's who puts them in the best positions to succeed. Now, I understand a few teams have a few more of those talented guys than others, but it's who puts them in the best positions. And, of course, the big complaint around here is that, you know, because of what I mentioned, four different quarterbacks and the same results uh, offensively, and it goes back to the coordinator. You know, some players are disenchanted with the play calling. Um, you know, it happened last year. Uh, some of the coaches have left because of that, offensive coaches. And so, um, you know, we're going to see what continues. What happens is if this continues to happen offensively, you know, will Mike Tomlin make some kind of change? Look, the Steelers historically, and Gunner knows this, they're not yep. in the business of firing coaches midseason. No. They just don't. So that's not going to happen for the people who kind of thinking that might happen or to, for some people here in Pittsburgh, hope that will happen. But if it continues, they're going to have to do something for the second half of the year because it's just it's basically been the same old thing. 
Hey, hey, Jerry, because it's been so inconsistent there this season in particular, how, how what has Mike Tomlin's body language been like when you guys talk to him on a weekly basis? Can you sense this? There's more anxiety, tension in, in his voice. How, how do you perceive it? You know, Gunnar, that's a good question because after that Jets game, when he moved, he switched to Kenny Pickett at halftime, which I just can't believe that was in his plan because mm-hmm. it was a 10-6 game. Um, you know, Kenny Pickett had not it's uh, had not been taken the reps that week. Uh, NFL coaches throw rookie debut no reps unless there is an injury. Even at a game thing, excuse me. Mm. All right, Jared. So we're gonna if you can hear us, we're gonna put you on uh, on on pause for a second, and we'll try and get you straightened out a little bit. You kind of dipped out a little bit where, you know, NFL coaches are not in love with throwing rookies out there. It's kind of kind of where we were at, you know, with Pickett. You know, Derek, I, I think partly when you throw Pickett in there, you're sort of just saying, hey, look, we understand that this could be a journey here. It's not. <laughs> The expectation may not be quite as high. I think we have Jerry back to to, to expand on that. Jerry, we, you were kind of in mid mid uh, sentence there with that. Yeah, one thing about Mike Tomlin, though, is and it's the reason why he's uh, never had a losing season is he stays very committed to the task and he tries to figure out uh, mm-hmm. what is going wrong without making drastic changes. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying he needs to make them now, but I think that's his strongest point. He gets the players to to uh, you know, stay focused, never get too high when they win, never get too low when they lose. And that's his greatest quality. And, and you see that throughout, though, Gunner. I don't think that ever changes. But uh, I do notice, uh, I have on two instances, where his, his demeanor was just a little bit different. And mm. I think it has to do with where this offense is. Mm. You know, Jerry, I look at the defense, and, and – you know, this this is an organization. You know, I cover the team for nine plus seasons. This is an organization that always prided itself in having a rough physical defense. You know, a defense that's always in a mix and one of the top fifteen defenses in the NFL. They have the personnel. You know, you have Hayward there, you have Bush there, Witherspoon, Fitzpatrick. Why is this defense bottomed out the way it has? I, I'm, yeah. That's what shocks me the most about yeah. this Pittsburgh team. Yeah, and I think it shocks a lot of the former players who pride themselves on the very thing that you just mentioned, Gunner. Yeah. Uh, I will say this, the last two games, they've taken steps in the right direction. You know, okay. Mike, uh, Mike Tomlin said in the preseason that he expects this defense to be great and dominant. Well, I thought that was a bit of, a bit of hyperbole uh, because I don't see that through the team, but you know, you have all pros at the uh, three different levels in Cam yep. Hayward, uh, T.J. Watt, and Minka Fitzpatrick, who is just an absolutely terror in that secondary. Um, but, um, you know, their inability to stop the run has been a big problem since last year. They were last in the league. But the last two games, that's gotten better as well. What is surprising, Gunner, about this defense mm-hmm. is their lack of pressure. You know, this is a team yep. that set an NFL record five straight years leading the league in sacks. No team has ever done that. And here they have uh, three sacks in the last four games and seven quarterback hits in the last three games. They get seven quarterback hits in a half sometimes in a game. (laughs) And and so that lack of pressure, T.J. Watt, of course, has been out. That's a big reason. But uh, that lack of pressure has kind of hurt them as well. Wow. Jerry, let's pick up on Watt for a minute. And I know he won't play this week, but is there any kind of timetable, number one? And number two, respect how great – and he is – in my opinion, the biggest defensive force, maybe he and Micah Parsons might be one, two in the league. You can't, I'm trying to figure out how you just fall off a cliff with him out the way that they do. I mean, there's just, 
you got to be able to have somebody pick it up a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. Um, to have that big a drop off is is kind of strange. Uh, obviously, he makes a big difference. He is scheduled to return after the bye week. You know, they're off next week, and so November 13th against New Orleans is when they are targeting and expecting him back. Um, I, I don't think they thought it would be this drastic, but I really don't think T.J. Watt's absence has a lot to do with the problems they were having in their run defense because he was around last year when they were last in the league. I think their problems will go more to the interior of that, that defense. But again, they seem to have maybe plugged that problem here the last couple of weeks, but there's no pressure when, uh, when he's Okay, mm. we lost Jared, mm. unfortunately. Technology has not been our friend today, uh, D-Gun. Oh, man. That's all right. That's all right. Um, yeah, look, I, I think that um, the one other thing, if we if we do get Jerry back up, I do want to ask, I mean, we, and we've been, we, we talked about it, you know, the Steelers are a very, um, I mean this in a good way, deliberate and patient organization. They are not an organization that's looking to have turnover and run through guys, especially coaches. We all know three coaches since 69 right and right. you know you go chuck Noll, you go cower you go you go tomlin i think we have we do have jerry well well third time will be the charm i'm confident we have jerry up there he is <laughs> there he was yeah, maybe going third time won't be the charm. going all right uh now he's now he's back yes we have. <laughs> what can i say fellas i keep going in and out and i apologize no, but i can't tell you why you're doing the best you can I'll I'll hit you with uh with the question I had Jerry. They are um the Steelers. We all know uh, three coaches in '69. They are not a team that's looking to just run guys out. I, I and I think it's a it's a it's an admirable trait that I think they've had for a very long time. There is some new blood in there in the front office to an extent. Um, is Tomlin in, in any trouble, or is they did they just view this as yeah hey, Andy White part there. of that new blood yeah. whom you guys yeah. know from uh, yeah. being with the Eagles Mount sure. Lebanon guy who actually started his. Uh, he started his career here in uh, Pittsburgh. No, Mike Tomlin is not in trouble with this franchise, even though he's on a hot seat with the with the fans here in Pittsburgh. You know, they're disenchanted with the fact that his last three playoff appearances have been one and done's early exits, 42, 45, and 48 points they've allowed in those three playoff games. And so it's been embarrassing exits as well. And so while they've done okay during the regular season, three of the past four years, in the playoffs, um, you know, their failures in the postseason is what everybody here is starting to remember and what has a lot of fans here in Pittsburgh upset about Mike Tomlin. Hey, Jerry, you know, when I worked there in NBC, it, it always fascinated me as I got integrated with the Pittsburgh Steelers history. It always fascinated me how, whereas most teams have the quick trigger, they could have three different head coaches in a span of six years. As Rob just alluded to, they've only had three in Pittsburgh since 1969. And you know the history of this team in the city better than I do. Why do you think this team has been so adamant about staying the course, even through bad times, and not pulling a quick trigger? I mean, I got there at the tail end of Chuck Knoll's reign. Uh, I was there for a small part of Bill Cower, and I didn't get to cover Mike Tomlin, but Tomlin's been there now for 15 years. Why do you think they're, that they're one of the few franchises that will stay the course come, come hell or high water? Yeah, you know, Gunnar, it's just something, I guess, that Dan Rooney always believed in. Um, he believes in in consistency, um, and, and and so he just. I know he's always felt it's probably for the same reason he's always believed you don't fire a coach mid season um, because it just creates too much turmoil. But you know there were instances where Bill Cowher probably any when they missed the playoffs three straight years, 
any other NFL owner would have probably let him go and made yeah. a change. But yeah. the Steelers just don't believe in that. They've never been that way. And uh, I think they, the, the, you know, the reason for their success year in and year out, let's face it, you go back to the mergers, the merger in 70s, you can argue that they're the, they're the best and, and most consistently successful team in the NFL. And I think that's probably the biggest reason is, um, is, is the faith. They, they try to hire the right person who they believe will work for the long term. And let's face it, they've been pretty good starting with yeah, Chuck they have. Yeah, they have. Jerry, let me ask you about the AFC. Uh, is this just strictly a two-horse race? Is this the, the Bills and the Chiefs and then everybody else is kind of playing for third, if you will? Or is there somebody else you think could emerge there and, and challenge either one of these two teams? Yeah, I'm with you there. I think it's those two teams. Um, also, I think, you know, we're seeing the Bengals last two weeks look like the Bengals of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think there's any question. I think Buffalo's the best team in the AFC and Kansas City's uh, right there, uh, you know, one and one A. Um, and, and I don't see the same. You don't have the same situation in the NFC right now, the Eagles are the best team, uh, certainly record-wise, and that division is certainly the best in the NFL. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. Giants six and one, and Dallas yeah. five and two. Um, so, but I, I, I think uh, I, I see it basically as a as a two-team race in the AFC, unless the Bengals can get get on that run uh, like they did last year. Hey Jerry, every team in the NFL, like the Steelers are going through right now, go through a quarterback change eventually. You guys were, were pampered by having Roethlisberger as long as you did, and, and now you have to make that transition. Do you think in some ways they may have miscalculated how they wanted to move forward, bringing in Trubisky as the quick stop gap and maybe pick You it? know, Gunnar, I, I think guy. where the miscalculation hmm. – Oh! All right. All right, we lost Jerry. Uh, oh. Hey, listen, Jerry, we appreciate it, man. If you can hear us, we appreciate the time. We just the signal's just bad, Xander. If you just want to let him know, we do appreciate it. He was great. He he was a gamer, man. He was trying to, you know, do his job, be at the facility, and still yeah. talk to us. And obviously, the reception was uh, was not great. I was curious. I was going to get his opinion on what he thought about Jalen Hurts, what he thought about the okay. Eagles. But you know, hey, that's the way it goes. We we appreciate him taking a taking a couple minutes. A couple little odds and ends, Derek. Uh, you know, around the league, and Charlie Batch is going to be joining us at one thirty, but. Uh, you find this interesting. Jameis Winston's healthy enough to play, and the Saints are still going to go with Andy Dalton. No, no. And okay. I think Andy Dalton gives them the best chance to win. Um, you know, I said before the season, when it came to the Saints, we all thought the Saints would be a playoff contender. And I said, if you had the Jameis Winston that was the equivalent of the Jameis Winston of last year, uh, who shot out of the gate with 14 touchdown passes and three interceptions before he got hurt in week number seven, that they would have a chance to go deep into the playoffs. And unfortunately, when you look at the way Jameis played, he has, what, more more uh, interceptions than he does touchdowns? Yep. Uh, obviously, that organization has identified we have to do something um, that's a little bit different. And I'm not saying Andy Dalton is the guy who's going to turn the organization around, but I think Andy Dalton – with his ability to deliver the ball, his ability to to not make as many mistakes as a Jameis Winston, even though this team is struggling right now, gives them a better opportunity. Um, you know, Andy Dalton has played four games. Jameis Winston has played three games. Their completion percentages are exactly the same, 63%. The little bit of a difference has been Andy Dalton has seven touchdown passes, four interceptions. Jameis had four TDs, five interceptions. 
Jameis has been sacked 11 times. Dalton has only been sacked four times. Mm. When you look at those numbers and you stack those numbers up, it leads me to believe that they feel that Dalton runs that offense a little bit better. Now, granted, they've gone through games where they haven't had Michael Thompson. They haven't had Jarvis Landry. They haven't had their prime pass catchers. This is a team that's been nicked up, you know, up to this point. So it hasn't been as fluid. Uh, they're not feeding Alvin Kamara the ball as, as much as we thought they would right now. Yep. Um, so they, they've had a lot of problems down there. But when push comes to shove, and let's face it, you look at the record, they're still not out of that thing in the NFC South. You know, I they're know. still very much in there considering. That's a crazy thing. And they're what, two and five? Well, Derek, they have the fourth worst record in the NFL, and they're far from out of it. I no mean, question. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you call it whatever you want, parity. I'll call it mediocrity and worse. But, yeah, I mean, you look at it, it just the, just go to the – get out of the East, which is the best division by far. It, you know, Eagles undefeated, five, six and one Giants, and five and two Cowboys. Yeah. You jump out of that, the whole South, top two teams, three yeah. and four, Bucks yep. and Falcons. Then it's two and five and two yep. and five with the Panthers and the Saints. Awful. Yep. The so, bottom yeah, team, the bottom right team is only one game out of first place. Yeah, I mean, right think about it. that. Yeah, and the, and they have the talent to get it right. They just have to get healthy. They need yeah. Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry uh, to be on the field with Chris Olave. They need they need those two guys to make that offense flow. And that's um, one of the things that that um, Kamara said was, you know, I got pretty accustomed to winning down here, and yeah. and, and it's oh, yeah. an adjustment for me. Yeah, you know, to try and you know. Get, it, get up for these games, essentially, is what he's saying. Well, when Taysom Hill is one of your leading scorers um, with, with how they utilize him, I don't know if he's a quarterback, an H-back, a tight end. I don't know what the heck he is. But but the bottom line, Taysom Hill has five touchdowns. Alvin Kamara has no rushing touchdowns. They have a total of eight rushing touchdowns, which is unheard of for them. Um, when it comes to receiving touchdowns, um, you know, where, where's uh, Taysom Hill? Taysom Hill does not have a – no, he has uh, one receiving touchdowns. So he's accounted for six touchdowns. Now, if you're going to utilize them the way they have, that's fine. But you need those other two components on the field to make that thing even more unpredictable. Yeah. You know, when that thing's running fluid, um, you know, New Orleans has, again, one of the better creative offenses in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But they've been so handcuffed with injuries being nicked up at key positions. And, and one of the best offensive liners, Anders Pete, has been out for a couple of games with injuries as well. Yep. That is that, That's really hurt their continuity on the off- offensive side of the football. No question. But even as bad as it's been, they have to keep saying to themselves, look, we're three games under sea level, uh-huh. but we're only one game out of first place. Not dead, that's for sure. And yeah. not dead for sure. Uh, a couple odds and ends here. So Robert Quinn will wear number 98. Nine eight for the Eagles, and he will practice today, Derek. So yeah. I would expect if he practices today, he'll get at least some. You know, even if it's a, a a small package of plays, you would think on Sunday against the Steelers. I think we'll see him in there. Why wouldn't you? You're playing the Steelers and Houston, two offenses that have problems. Why wouldn't you play him? Get him acclimated. You can put him in a limited role right now, and then continue to expand because after the Houston game, you have extended time off for him to get acclimated to his role with this team. Mm-hmm. It's the perfect scenario for him to come into in terms of getting adjusted and acclimated to, to this team. It's not like they need him to come in and be that stopgap right away. They've got a, a nice rotation already with uh, Sweat, Brandon Graham, and, and Hassan Reddick. So it's it's he's not coming in here to be the man right away. So I would say if he got 15, 20 plays, 
maybe more, depending on the situation. That'd be a good fit for him coming in here. I think this just sets up so nicely with him, even if he's not the same player that he was. You know, it's not all on his back. In Chicago, I know he had Khalil Mack, but I'm saying this year. It was all on his back to to try to carry that defensive line. Uh, You got a lot of help. And also, he's got. There's got to be a part of you. I know nobody likes getting traded, and you have to uproot your life and all that. But you got to be rejuvenated, man. Oh. You go from where, wherever Chicago was headed to, oh. to this to undefeated. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and plus, let's face it, you're playing for that big contract or, or or a decent contract after this season. Now, whatever didn't work for you in Chicago because you didn't have the defensive uh, personnel that you do here in Philadelphia. You should be able to enhance your numbers significantly, even at 32 years of age, to at least get a, a, a one more one year deal from somebody that will pay you decent money. If you if they show, OK, in his case, it wasn't just him ter- tailing off at the end of age 32. It was the situation he was in. So now if we get him with the right team, you know, from an agent standpoint, if I can get him with the right team, I can parlay this into to some pretty good money for him, even if he only plays a game one more year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it makes sense. You, you you bring in guys like that who are motivated. Bradbury's going to be motivated because of the way oh, last year. Because you're right? white. Oh my goodness. Because you're white. Yeah, a one year deal for Casir White. So there, and that's where there's similarities with the seventeen team. You, you knew there were some guys who weren't probably long term or long for the organization, but you brought them in. They were trying to win a championship. In some cases, for the first time. Some cases, guys had won it. Chris Long had won one before, but you brought these guys in. And you and you threw him into the mix with the already the established players, and it really worked well for them. And I think Howie sees a little similarity there. With this. Well, what what you've done, Rob, with these one year deals is you've brought in a bunch of hungry dogs. Yeah. See, now you have a bunch of hungry hungry dogs who who want to prove that okay, I'm worthy of you uh, bringing me in here. Number one, number two, I can look at this as a golden opportunity to to make a name for myself again beyond this season, whether it's back back in Philadelphia. Or somewhere else, because let's face it, they're not going to bring back everybody. You yeah, know? I know. You're going to have to pick and choose who you want to bring back. You're not. I'd be shocked if they're going to bring back Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave and anything close to the numbers they're paying them now. Yep. Especially if you identify, hey, we got to find a way to keep Kazir mm-hmm. beyond 2022. Bradbury and you know CJ and CJ Gardner Johnson, um, and, and now maybe Robert Quinn, depending on what he gives us. You know, yeah. because the Eagles have shown, you know, they, we went through this stretch harping about how the Eagles would always frown on players once they got to the age of 30. But we're seeing it different now. You got Lane Johnson. You got Jason Kelsey. You know, you got Fletcher Cox. You got all these guys that are hitting that 30 plateau and above now. This is not a young team. They've been, they've, they've, they have a nice influx of young players. But this is not a young team. You know, and obviously how he has identified, there's something to be said for having – a, a wealth of veteran presence in terms of what we're trying to do this year. Yeah, absolutely. No question about that. All right. So we'll come back, uh, Derek. We will talk to a man who, uh, who played on two different teams with our own Barrett Brooks. Barrett's going to be joining us as well. He'll be jumping back in, but Charlie Batch, Charlie Batch, who was a quarterback in Detroit to start his career and then finished out in his, his hometown of Pittsburgh with the Steelers. So, We'll not only get the lowdown on Barrett, we'll find out what's going on with the Sears. I want to get Charlie's take on Jalen Hurts as well. So we'll talk to right. him about that. And we'll dig into all those kind of things. Todd Callis 
Astros play-by-play voice will be joining us at 2 o'clock. A lot more NFL stuff in store. Our NFC rankings, our NFL bottom feeders. We'll do all of that stuff. When we return, don't go anywhere. He's the gun. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Flint Tree Services. Flint Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree service company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problems that you may face. So if you have any type of tree issues in your yard or your property, they're just a quick phone call away. They are experts trimming all types of trees and serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. Keep in mind this time of year, the weather can get real dicey. Now's a great time to have your trees evaluated. Go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. It's a fall car fest, and Jeff D. Ambrosio Destination Downingtown says, yes, you can. Jeff says, yes, you can choose from over 1,000 vehicles in stock with no wait. Yes, you can still get low prices, leases, and big discounts. Yes, you can still get low interest financing. And Jeff always says, yes, you can have a real deal buying experience without the hassle. When the other dealers say, no, you can't, Jeff says, yes, you can. Jeff D. Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Jeep Adventure Days. Philadelphia fans were cut. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. 
And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply from a different cloth born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life we believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible while we may be from different neighborhoods come sunday we are one and we will be heard Pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Hey, everybody. Welcome back in Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I am Rob Ellis along with Derek Gunn. Barrett joins us once again. What's up, B. Brooks? How we doing? Everything's good, man. Everything's good. Okay. They um, they uh, assured us that um, that uh, Lane is is cleared, protocol. Yep. Good sign. And then uh, uh, at this point, you know, Quinn is practicing today. Yes, very good. Very good. All right, joining us, our next guest, he played – oh, man, what what a run. What a run. 14 years in the NFL. Chuck, between, between Detroit on? and Pittsburgh. And he had to deal with Barrett Brooks as a teammate, which is probably his greatest accomplishment, maybe <laughs> maybe in life. Uh, and Derek, you are you are muted. But Charlie Badge, Charlie, welcome to the show, man. First of all, great to have you on. And I, I got it. We need the dirt, Charlie. Derek and I need the dirt. We need Barrett. the dirt. We, we, we need we, stories, man. Oh. We need stuff that we can use, okay, wait, wait. material. Char Charlie, 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 I have stories as well. I've dealt with this man for too many years, but – you know something that we don't know. We need that information. <laughs> no, it's all good. I appreciate you all having me on, fellas. It's a pleasure. But I do have one small correction. You said 14 years. It was 15 years. So I oh, don't, want, oh. don't want to sell myself short on that one extra year. That's <laughs> that's, yeah. Yes, that, that is like five times more than the, the usual life of an NFL player. So you deserve every year of those props, Charlie. My it, bad on all, that. Hey, it's all good, man. It's all the yeah. fun. It's all the love. But Literally got to the point, man, I've known Barrett a long time. We go back to almost over 20 years now, man. Yeah. And man, yeah. I appreciate his friendship and the brotherhood that he's been for me over the years. I love him and his family. But man, this is a guy, man, he was very competitive, man, when he got up to uh, Detroit. And it was funny because all this dude kept talking about was K-State this, K-State that. And I'm like, <laughs> oh. And remember, I'm a mid-American guy, right? Conference yeah. guy. I was like, man, that's great. I said, when I was at Eastern, we used to beat up on Kent State all the time. And he's like, Kent State? What do you mean Kent State? Man, I'm talking about Kansas State. What are you talking about? So I was like, man, I don't know anybody who ever went to Kansas State. But either way, man, it's all good, man. And 
course, he always shared those stories about how talented they were back at K-State, man. But it's all a love, man. I appreciate my boy Barrett. Hey, Charlie, Charlie, I have to ask you. As you got to know him, did he backdoor you in terms of getting to your family? Say, I've tried to do my best to shield my family away from him because he's like Eddie Haskell, man. He gets behind – and now he's got – he. my family it, loves him more than they love me. Did, did Bro, he do that to you? About? Did he backdoor you like that too? His brother, hey. you can hang with his brother. His brother's his fishing, but give my fishing buddy. His brother fishes more than I do. He fishes more than you do. What? Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah, they get it, man. My brother loves fishing, man. He's one of those guys that will be out there. It was funny because early on, before it, you know, it, it was his girlfriend before it was his wife, and she used to be like come up to me. She'd be like, man, he, you know, it's kind of hard for me to believe, but he kind of leaves, you know, at eight o'clock at night and doesn't come back until five in the morning, but he claims he's fishing. And I said, all I'm going to tell you, if you want this relationship to work, do not get in between him and his fishing. Wow. Because he is a guy that will start and will now go from, you know, Pittsburgh, drive two hours to Erie because they weren't hitting like he would like them to hit. And I'm like, dude, you do realize it is in the middle of winter and he'll go from fishing that way to ice fishing. That's like, that's how serious my brother is with Woo. fishing. Yep. yep. Oh man, he, he's got to hang out with these two guys, man. That, that oh, is that's yeah. impressive. I, see, I'm from Wisconsin, so I know exactly what you're talking about, man. I grew up fishing. I still, as you can see behind me, I still fish a lot today. Um, and and I was in, I lived in uh, Pittsburgh for ten years. I worked for WPXI there for ten years. Okay. And I see, I see you work with my boy Bob Pompiani there now. Oh yeah, I'm down with Pomp. Hey. I've known him, oh, you know, over twenty years, but. Now yeah. officially in that role, it's been now 10 years working with him, man. He's been, he's one of the best in the business. He's been doing it for over 40 years. Yep. And, you know, to work with him and the insight that he has, he tees it up for me, man. He makes me look a lot better than probably what I'm worthy of looking uh, good at <laughs> over the years. So I appreciate Bob. I appreciate his family and everybody, everything that he's done for the city of Pittsburgh. Mm. Wow, that's good well, stuff. Hey, well, let me, let me tell you about Charlie. Charlie's the quarterback whisperer. A lot of times you see um, how b- good, good Ben Roethlisberger was. A lot of that time, it was Charlie from behind the scenes getting them pointed in the right direction, man. You know, so just talk about now, man. What are they doing at the quarterback position today? What what's going on with them? Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's funny because I've I've worked with Ben nine of my eleven years in Pittsburgh, and it was funny because we actually on Sunday was doing a podcast together, and we relived some of those stories over the, you know behind the scenes that not many people have become aware of, but now starting to surface a little bit now that we're both retired. But what's going on in this quarterback room, man, is just something that really I, I was uh, I shared my concern when the initial move was made from Mitch Trubisky to Kenny Pickett. And people were looking at me like I was crazy. And they're like, what do you mean? You know, Kenny, he provided a spark in the, in the Jets game. And I'm like, well, you also got to remember that the quarterback position is a delicate position. Mm-hmm. All of those guys have to work together. You don't have anybody that's looking over their shoulder. Any information that's being shared amongst one another all has to be done in good faith. So nobody's looking over their shoulder from that particular perspective. But lo and behold, when the move was made to go to the rookie, what you're telling everybody when you make a quarterback change, that he is the reason why we're not winning. And when you do that, and now all of a sudden you get what they say, they get the big break, breaks, break off, beat off of him, Buffalo. Um, no, uh, Mike Tomlin, you see, they got, we got our heads smashed in. And when you go from that manner and then ultimately now lose, um, you know, in the manner that they've been doing, it's very tough to take. But now all of a sudden, when Mitch Trubisky had to re-enter into the game, he remembers all of those comments that were being made by these other guys to say, we now have the, the leader that we've been hoping for in our huddle. And now here I am listening to that, having to enter in a huddle like Mitch Trubisky. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that a delicate situation. People thought that he should have started last week against Miami only because of the concussion protocols. 
the average has been one game missed. And then they lay an egg essentially down to Miami and it's, it's, you know, it's just treading lightly at this point. And it doesn't look like it's getting easier as they now approach this Eagles game. And I say all that to say, I love Kenny Pickett. I hope right. that he does have a great career. I just thought it was a premature move mm-hmm. by Mike Tomlin to make it as soon as he did, especially knowing that he made it at halftime without a rookie quarterback ever getting get those starter reps mm-hmm. in anticipation that he just threw him in there. I'm like, there was no plan when that happened. That was a knee jerk decision. And then mm-hmm. we ultimately heard that there was a little bit of rift between Deontay Johnson and Mitchell Trubisky in the locker room, which led to Kenny Pickett being inserted into the lineup. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, back. Well, I'm, I'm going to ask, you know, uh, yeah, I, 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 the quarterback position, you know, is, is, you know, up and down right now, but I, I think it's a lot to do with the um, offensive line just not being good at anything. You know, we could always hang our hat when we were there on the offensive line. We, we, we go out there and we can start punishing people. And push came to show we could pass block. They don't pass block well. They don't run block well. What is going on with the recruiting and what, what's going on with them um, implementing, you know, real starters into the offensive line? Well, you know, with, with your, your years when you were here as well, man, those those backups, man, you watch those backups prepare. You're like, man, I got to get on my stuff. I think we have people right. who are capable of taking our job. Right now, That that's not there. You don't have eight, nine, ten offensive linemen that you really can just insert into the lineup. Think about the interest of, of, of entering into training camp this year. You had Kendrick, uh, Kevin Dotson, and you had Kendrick Green. Those two were battling at the left guard position. Now, Kendrick Green was the starting center, and he started all games last year. So you go from now competing for a starting job at the left tackle, you I mean left guard, you lose that, and all of a sudden you're not even worthy of a hat this year? He has not been active at all in the first six games. Wow. That lets you know, okay, something else is brewing so the development of these younger players are not happening, which ultimately are resulting here. And when you try to improve that running game, something that Art Rooney, Steelers owner, has emphasized over the last few years, and you have not gotten better, especially when you now have a first-round draft pick with Najee Harris in that backfield, and it's not going. So that now eliminates the play-action game. It's almost comical when they go back and do a play-action at all linebackers and say, we know you're not running. We're just now going to go back and defend the pass. And it makes it very difficult. So right now they do not have that element in this offense. And we've seen 20 now, 28 games of Matt Canada at this particular point, and everything has been consistent. So regardless of who your quarterback is, you still have the same play caller. So you're not going to see these glaring results that everybody's hoping for when you have a change of quarterback. Hey, Charlie, um, this Steelers organization is very prideful when it comes to defensive prowess. And I look at this particular group of defensive players, and you have you have the names. You have Hayward. You have Devin Bush. You have Fitzpatrick, Witherspoon. Why has this defense bottomed out the way it has this year? Yeah, one of the, pl- the positives on the defensive side of the ball is Miles Jack. This guy's playing lights out. He's leading the team in tackles, and he's showing up every single play, which really has elevated Devin Bush because now he has somebody that he knows that can help line him up. And we're hoping that now Devin Bush can kind of flourish in the manner that everybody hoped he would as a first-round pick four years ago. Mm. The, the biggest loss for here is T.J. Watt. Mm. And it's hard to say. You always say, well, one player doesn't make a difference. It does because T.J. demands that double team. In turn, someone on the other side is always now going to be one-on-one. And you can see Alex, Alex Highsmith, who was benefiting from that. And at one point, he was leading the league in, in sacks. But now what can everybody else do? Because now you lose T.J. Watt. Cam Hayward is commanding the double team. And now you're going to shift those chips to mm-hmm. Alex Smith's side versus TJ's side. So they need somebody that's going to evolve 
in that rush game from the outside, and that's been the challenge that this team has had. Mm, man, you look at it, they, they're they're one and nine. One and nine without T.J. Watt being on the field. But, I mean, when you look at the team as a whole, man, there are so many guys that could be productive. Mika Fitzpatrick, you know, I mean, yeah, the other safety, you know, uh, Ed, what's his Edmonds, name? Um, Edmonds. Yep. yep, he's good. Um, look, opposite side of the ball, the three receivers are, are, are you know, they'll be mm-hmm. starters on any team in the NFL. I just don't understand. Well, I do understand because the trenches aren't taken care of. You know what I mean? Trenches well, just aren't. Here's the, here's, here's the one thing that I will say, and you all are on the outside versus me on the inside. Right. The thing is here, we've been over 27 games that we've had with the Steelers team, with Matt Canada, our offensive coordinator. We've seen four quarterbacks run his system. Ben Roethlisberger, a Hall of Famer. You have Mason Rudolph, who led a 16-16 tie against Detroit. We got it. We had a chance to see him for five quarters. They told Mason that you're not even worthy enough to be the starter, but even though they sold it, that he was going to be, he was going to be in a competition. So they signed Mitch Trubisky. He's thinking, okay, I'm going to be the backup. Then you draft first-round Kenny Pickett. Okay, fine. There's nothing you could do about it. But in turn, the Steelers drafted a quarterback in the seventh round of this year's draft. So they told him, you're not even one of the three quarterbacks being worthy to start now. For this team. So he's in an awkward situation. But I say all of this that to say to say we've seen Ben, we've seen Mason, Mitch for a few games, and now Kenny Pickett. This team has is now averaging in that 27 game span 14 points a game. That is unacceptable <laughs> when you look at where this offense is at. And when you hear the comments that are coming out of the Steelers locker room today from offensive coordinator Matt Canada, he says, We're close. We just haven't <laughs> exploded yet. And that's the reaction that Steelers Nation is getting by when he makes that comment to say we're close. A- so any chance – uh, uh, No, sorry, Barry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, go I was going to say, we had, we had Jerry Dulock on a little bit earlier, and he said that Tomlin yeah. is absolutely safe, but is, is Canada in some trouble in your estimation, Charlie? Yeah, if it continues to pan out in this manner, yeah, absolutely. What Now – if for whatever reason they go and do the same thing they did against Buffalo and go lay an A, then yeah, there's going to be some current uh, some concern because the Steelers now enter into a bye week. They'll have two weeks before they get ready for the Saints. That's going to be something that those rumblings are going to get louder and louder. So it's important for Matt to figure out a way to score some points and hopefully defeat the Eagles this Sunday. If they don't, you better believe rumblings are going to happen. But my my history and being around the Steelers organization, which I've been around now for 20 years. The one thing that I do not see Art Rooney, Steelers owner, doing is firing someone midseason mm-hmm. and allowing them to sit home and collect mm-hmm. a check. That's not going to happen. <laughs> so <laughs> I fully expect Matt Canada to now ride it out the rest of the year, and he's going to say, here's the reason why that we're not getting better, especially when you say your first-round draft pick, Kenny Pickett, will do better at running this offense than a Hall of Famer with Ben Roethlisberger, and yet we're not seeing the results. Charlie, Charlie, what is what is Mike Tomlin's body language been like through all this? Well, he's been right. He's, he remained, uh, you know, even keel, and he's always trying to remain the same and saying, "Hey, our goal is to win the division, make the playoffs, and all of those things." But yet, everybody else, especially on the outside, is now saying, "Well, this is rebuilding." Well, I'm not going to mm-hmm. say rebuilding until the team acknowledge the fact that this is a rebuilding year. They're selling and they sold us on the fact coming into here, they can compete for the division mm-hmm. and possibly compete for the Super Bowl. That's the narrative that you wanted me to believe. And that's the expectations that I'm going to hold you to until you tell me otherwise. Mm. Do you see an inter- interim coach that could probably take over if he did leave? 
I mean, well, what, it, what would you well say? think about this, B. If you are, even if you do, let's just say Mike Sullivan, who is the quarterback coach at this point, could be possible, acceler- uh, you know, accelerated to um, or promoted to the offensive coordinator. If I'm Mike Sullivan, I'm saying you need to pay me offensive coordinator money. So not only do you have coordinating that you're getting paid for someone to sit at home with Matt Canada, Mike Sullivan is going to want to pay raise. Whoever you now elevate into the quarterback position will go from grad assistant to now full-time quarterback coach. I want to pay raise. So this is a trickle-down effect from the owner perspective. Now, if somebody wants to do it just off the pure love, they say, hey, I can now prove my value and I'll work at the same salary, but more uh, roles and responsibilities, kudos to them. But I just know how this pecking order goes. And when you fire somebody and somebody gets elevated, there's always money that, that needs to be exchanged. Charlie, what, what are your thoughts just to jump over to the team the Steelers are playing on, on Jalen Hurts? I'm curious. You know, we, we've seen the growth, the development uh, this year over the last couple of years. But, you know, we're in the eye of the storm. What, what are your what's your assessment in looking at it from a distance? Yeah, I really like what I've seen with him. And this was this stated back last year when the Steelers came up and played the Eagles during preseason. I'm like, wow, this guy can play. Why are they being so critical of him? Mm-hmm. You know, I really thought he was going through his reads. He got rid of the football and he was delivering accurate. So I was just baffled at the fact of what the noise that was coming out of it. So it's really hard to give a fair assessment only because the Steelers don't play them and I don't focus on them every single week. It's typically every four years, but I had the chance to see him last year, and now I had a chance to see him this year. I love the confidence that he brings to the table. I love the energy that the players are feeding off of him, and they accept him as that leader. And when you have those particular combinations that are happening and he's delivering and producing wins on the field, man, they truly believe in this guy. I'm a big fan of his, man, and I'm rooting for him. Charlie, when you play, you were viewed as this so-called hybrid quarterback, so to speak. And that that was a novelty then, but it's a norm across the league right now. When you look at the Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, where plays are being deliberately designed for quarterbacks to run the ball now more so than ever before. Your thoughts in the way that the quarterback position has evolved compared to when you played? Man, first of all, the rules have changed. Because mm-hmm. when I was playing, I mean, you could hit the quarterback, throw him to the ground, somebody <laughs> yep. jump and dive on top yep. of him. It didn't matter. There was no roughing the pot. I mean, it had to be something egregious for you to get a penalty on a, on a quarterback hit. So now when you get to this point, the rules now are in favor of the quarterback because they realize it puts defenders in an awkward situation. Yes. Because I'm a run, but yet the moment you get ready to hit me, I start my slide. And then all of a sudden you hit me in the wrong place because I now slide under you. You hit my head. Guess what? That's a personal foul. Yeah, that is completely. It's, it's hard for the referees to do that. As if, but as the quarterback, know that as if you're running up to the defender, you're like, man, I don't even know how to hit you. I, I really don't. Especially now that the defensive linemen are getting penalty just for tackling a quarterback. It used to be throwing your weight on the quarterback. When we look back, I think it was Grady Jackson in uh, yep. Atlanta for, yep. for t- against Brady. Exactly. What is he, what is he supposed that was to ridiculous. Do? Exactly. Yeah, ridiculous. What is he supposed to now quarterbacks to your point when you're now mobile and you can get out of that pocket. I can get as much yardage as possible because I know you're not going to hit me. And then all of a sudden it, by now die forward for a first down and the defender doesn't hit me. He's getting yelled at by his coach. I feel very bad about the defenders right now having to defend quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, it's funny now, but it wasn't funny when it happened, man. We're playing in Detroit. <laughs> We're playing Tampa Bay, and I was playing. I was blocking this guy, uh, Chi Ahana, too. Well, at the time, my guard Tony Simple got beat, and when he beat him, you know, Charlie expected me to block my man forever, and then he ends up getting sacked by Chidi instead of getting sacked by Sap, who who beat the guard. Mm-hmm. So. 
He don't look up at me. I'm trying to help him up. First of all, he pulls his hand back from me, looks up and he said, Hey man, you gonna come to work today? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, wait a minute. It wasn't on my it wasn't me, it wasn't my fault. You come to work today? I said, Dog, that's sap. You want me to block sap too? Yeah. I was being selfish, man. You, 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 you would give me two seconds of time. I just wanted three when you're blocking the Hall of Famer. That's all I want. I don't feel that being cruel. <laughs> he stayed on me, that, man. That's, 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 that's wishful thinking. But hey, man, it, it's all good, man. I appreciate it. You made me look a lot better than more than I had. I made you look better. I promise uh, you that. Charlie, I, I got to ask you this, Charlie, to get away from the X's and O's. I've been waiting to ask you this. Um, when you played with Barrett, did yeah. he have an obsession with White Castle burgers the way he does today? <laughs> well, I, it's hard for me to say that only because I don't eat White Castle. I tried it Thank the you. first time. I tried it the first time when I came from Pittsburgh to Eastern Michigan, and all my roommates, you know, they they grew up on that. They're like, oh, this is great. We're gonna go get the ten burgers, and I'm like, oh wow, okay. So we go through, and literally, I, you know, you, you gotta take that. Well, you're in the car on your way back to the dorm. You still right. gotta take that quick bite, right? So yeah, I took right. a quick bite. I like. Um, thank you. Y'all can have these. Thank you. Thank you. Stop over here somewhere else and get it. It just, that wasn't for me. And I'm not knocking it. It just wasn't for me. Now, my wife, she loves it. She grew up on it. So she wants to stop. So they don't have it in Pittsburgh. But if we're in Ohio somewhere or at least passing through, we have to stop to get it for her. I just choose not to order because that's not my preference. There you go. See that? See, Charlie, I've I've seen this man eat a box of eight like it was Oreo cookies. (laughs) I'm telling you. and, and 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 I'm sitting there going like this. They're amazing. Yeah. yeah. I think Charlie's in agreement with you. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, listen, Charlie, it was great catching up with you, man. Uh, appreciate your information, your knowledge, and uh, keep up the great work on your uh, on, on the second chapter here. You're doing an awesome job. Great job. I appreciate job, that. Thank, yeah, thank you for having me. Hey, hey. Of course, of course, anytime, man, I, I love to join the show. I know every four years or so we try to get on, but, man, I love to come on as a regular. Please awesome. keep me in mind. Hey, hey Charlie, okay. before you go, I got to ask you this because I was watching our chat room here. Has anybody ever told you you look like John Legend? Oh, big time. People say that, but I don't see it. And, you know, there was a time that he there was a, there was a time that he came to Pittsburgh because he was doing a concert. He came up. I was like, man, people say I look like you. We took a picture. I, I just didn't see it. But over the years, the more I grew my hair, people yeah. were just like, this is crazy. The only reason why I grew it was because of COVID and everybody was sitting in, in the house. I couldn't go to the barbershop. So that's how I got it elevated. So my wife's like, she's like, no, keep this. You know, go ahead and grow it. So I say all of that to say, Last year, I'm sorry, right before the pandemic, 2020, we're right around that time. And of course, news stories are kind of to slow down. Well, I ended up, I, I love, I have an infatuation with my snowblower because I bought, my wife bought me this big snowblower and I can't use it when it's only like one or two inches. So I look forward to these big snowstorms. So I took my camera, literally it's about a seven second can, uh, video. And I just, in my yard, I'm like, wow, this is awesome. I get a chance to use my snowblower. And then all of a sudden, I, as I posted it on Twitter, now people are retweeting and they start adding at John Legend. So now, all of a sudden, no, all of a sudden now, John now re he quote tweets my my uh, post and he says, "Man, screaming through my mentions, I thought this was me." So now, okay, go and it was now. This is my first viral tweet. Right now, it's viewed over over seven million times because he he retweeted me oh my god now it now turned into a news story in pittsburgh as snow a slow news day john legend confuses himself as charlie oh my and god people are writing a story about this and it just took a mind of its own i'll send it to, i'll send it to bear so you all can look at it you'll for see sure it. yeah it's crazy go get it all so y'all man. can see it. yeah you'll see it you can and i'm just like wow so of course at that point 
you know, I invited him to the to the Steelers game, and he's a huge Bengals fan. So I'm trying to get him in here for that Sunday night game that they play in Pittsburgh here. But I'm not sure of his schedule. But at least I, I sent the invitation out. So John, you're listening. Look forward to see you in Pittsburgh here soon. Charlie, we'll have, we'll have John this. on the show too. I, I, yeah. I hate to say this, Charlie, but the more people mentioned it in the chat room, and the more you tell that story, I'm sitting there going. He does look like yeah, John Legend. Yeah. Hey, John himself got confused. I mean, what, what are we going to do? I mean, it's obviously it's real. Hey, oh, my you, God. You, when, I send, when I send this to Barry, y'all going to laugh y'all tails right. off. Y'all All right. dude really tweet, tweeted out saying he confused himself for Charlie. That's, That's crazy. Wow. That's awesome. Charlie, listen, man, it was really fun having you. We will definitely have you on very soon. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes. Appreciate you, bro. Hey, I appreciate, appreciate you, bro. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Yeah, man. You got it. Yeah, Charlie, that's funny. You're right. That was wild. It was funny when he grew the hair out because he used yes. to always have the shaved head. Yeah, yes. he always, yep. always always had it had it real short, and he and he grew it out. He does look like John Legend. That's I, I'm look, when you first brought him on. I'm looking at, at people in the chat room. They say, hey, man, that's John Legend. I'm like, no, nah, man, ain't no John Legend. <laughs> but then I'm looking. More people start saying, I'm like, yeah. You know what? Yeah. They have a point here. Mm-hmm. This dude looks like John Legend. Yep. No, look, Jeremiah. So I had to ask him before he got off. I had to ask him. But look at Jeremiah Butler. What? They're just ordinary people. Uh, you know what I was going to do? I was going to get real cute at the end and say, you know, all of us loves all of you, but it was getting a little weird. So I didn't do that. That's what I was going to say. But, you know, I, I thought. wrong with you guys, man. But how do I work yeah. with you guys? I can't oh work with you guys. You know why? Because you're just as mentally challenged as we are. That's why you can work if with not us. Not more. Yes. Oh, my God. I put, I I'd, say, have... I'd say if I, if, I chron- if I chronicled who needs the most mental help, it would be Baird one. I would be close second, and I would say over the last two months in particular, my, my Rob climate. is now closing the gap. Rob yeah, has closed the gap. He said, who is this guy that's on the show with you guys now? That's not the same Robert that we had, we had three months ago. <laughs> it's not the same Robert. I said, you're uh, right, man. No, I'm telling you. It's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, usually you want to uh, climb a ladder and ascend in a good way when you're when you're like wackiness is climbing, yeah. your mental health, <laughs> everything's being questioned. Yes. Oh, my God. That's hey bro, you know, but he, he, he um thank you. Dude, thank he you. was a great thank guy, you, man. He, yeah. he's always been great, bro. He uh he was the first guy, like nobody, you know, it was a time that nobody really thought about having a Porsche, you know what I'm saying? Right. You know, back in the day, he was the first guy I ever seen drive a Porsche, you know what I'm saying, in the NFL that really, you know, drove Porsches, you know what I'm saying? He had a Porsche, man. I was like, you know, you big time when you you're an innovator, you're driving Porsches, man. He had a Porsche 911. We used to um we had camp in Saginaw, Michigan, the Saginaw State. Mm-hmm. And when we have day off, we used to go back to um back to to uh, Detroit. Yeah. And it was like an hour and thirty minutes away. Well, at the time, he had a Porsche, and then a couple other guys had like Ferrari, Lamborghinis. Well, they were racing, racing back to Detroit, and upwards of speeds of like one sixty one. They were going so fast that police cars. We're turning their lights on, but then they turn them right back off and didn't even pull out. That's how oh, fast wow. they were going. You know, Herman Moore had a had a had a Lamborghini, um, the you know, what was it um uh, Diablo? Unbelievable. Jeez. Just to get an oil change was eight was uh what's I think he said it was like forty eight hundred bucks. To get an oil change? Yes. What? <laughs> to get an oil change, what? yes. Oh my an god. An oil change was forty eight hundred bucks. I man. live in a different world, no, man. No, man. No. Wow. If I okay. pay more than seventy bucks for an oil change, man, I'm, that ruins my whole day. Yeah, well, I can't get I can't get an oil change for seventy bucks. I got older cars, so I gotta get oh. the 
Oh yeah, you know what I'm yeah. So it's like ninety-five spot. bucks. Yeah, it's like yeah. ninety-five bucks. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's wild, man. That yeah. that is pretty crazy. All right, uh, all right. So what we'll do here is There's guys wrong with YouTube, man. I'm telling you, man. And we know yeah. that. Uh, we're gonna take a timeout. We'll come back. Uh, we will. We still have a lot of NFL stuff to get to, which we'll get to in the last segment or out of Todd. But we'll come back. We have Todd Callis is going to join us, uh, who is the Astros radio or TV, excuse me, TV play-by-play man. So we'll talk to him when we get back. All right, Barrett Brooks, Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis. We are uh, Sports Tech, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Station Tap. Yes, yeah, Station Tap. I will tell you what. If you want to, you want to spend the day in a fun way coming up this weekend and we're talking about on uh, on saturday it, it is just an unbelievable event that they're having called the fall fest so what does that entail what is involved in the fall fest well how about round tower one of the best bands in the area if you if you like you know live bands local that just crush they're amazing they have a food court there's going to be a food truck there they have all kinds of ipas just magical stuff and you can bring the kids because they're going to have a little costume parade all right, on top of it. So you have all of those things all rolled into one for the Fall Fest at Station Tap, which is on Fern Boulevard in Drexel Hill. So you got to stop on out. It's going to be awesome. Fall Fest this Saturday coming up 12 to 6, October 29th, with Round Tower, Beer Garden, Kids Costume Parade, food vendors, craft vendors, outdoor seating. It's going to be a really nice day. What a perfect fall day for you. A couple days before Halloween, but mom and dad have a little fun as well. So go to Station Tap uh, Catering and Station Tap on Plurin Boulevard in Drexel Hill. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. It's a fall car fest, and Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown says, yes, you can. Jeff says, yes, you can choose from over 1,000 vehicles in stock with no wait. Yes, you can still get low prices, leases, and big discounts. Yes, you can still get low interest financing. And Jeff always says, yes, you can have a real deal buying experience without the hassle. When the other dealers say, no, you can't, Jeff says, yes, you can. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Jeep Adventure Days.
Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Back on this Thursday. Thanks for hanging out with us. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. He's Barrett Brooks. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We'll be joined by Todd Callis in a little bit. You know what, guys? In the meantime, why don't we uh, why don't we dig into our NFC rankings, our power rankings for the NFC? We'll do our top five of where things are. We did the AFC yesterday. We'll do the NFL tomorrow. But let's do our, a- our NFC now. Who wants to? I-, I don't mind if you guys need a little time. I'll, I'll-, I'll jump on it first. Uh, Gunner, you muted. Push-ups for you. Hi. Hi. There you go. Thank you. That was quality. All right. I'm good. All right. You all right? You didn't pull anything? Okay. Well, I did, uh, but uh, that's another story. <laughs> yeah, you just won't admit it. I'll go uh, first. All right, go ahead. Checking in at number five, Seattle. Ooh, what? Okay. Seattle okay. at number five. Number four, Damn. the Giants. Number three, Minnesota. Number two, Dallas, and number one, your Philadelphia Eagles. Not crazy, not crazy. Go one, one through five, one more time. Eagles, so Cowboys, Eagles, Eagles, Cowboys, Vikings, and I only say Vikings because of their experience at quarterback compared to the Giants. Vikings, Giants, Seattle. Wow, we. I'll tell you what, Gunner, we're close. We're close. I go Eagles, Cowboys, Vikings, Giants. I, st- I put the 49ers in there ahead of the of Seattle, even though Seattle has a better record. Okay. All so right. we're we're pretty close there. How about you, Bart? I, I did the same thing as you did. You know, I went um if I'm going up, and I don't know why you guys do this. I don't know. You guys always do this going up instead of going down. <laughs> we mess you build up. up. You we, build up yeah. to the best. We right, messed right, them right. up. Right. But I, I, I go 49ers also. I go 49ers. Okay. Then I go Vikings. Then I go Giant. I mean, uh, then I go Cowboys. Then I go Giants. Then Eagles. Giants too. Yeah, Giants too. I, I put okay. Dallas at them because Dallas already beat the Giants once. So I had to put Dallas based on Dallas's defensive personnel. Um, they had two losses though. I understand it. I understand it. But they beat the Giants, and I believe they beat the Giants again. You know, just based on the fact that that pass rush is a monster. Um, and now that they've added Jonathan Hankton to try to shore up their run defense, that's going to be interesting as well. I threw Seattle in over San Francisco because there's no question San Francisco has the better overall talent, especially on defense. But this Seattle team, I can't say it enough. They're exciting. You got yeah. a journeyman backup quarterback who's second in the league in completion percentage over 70% for Geno Smith. I would take that bet every time, 100 times out of 100, if you told me Geno Smith would come close to completing 73% of his passes. There's a lot of surprises in the NFL. That's the biggest surprise for me. Seventy-three, well, Almost 74% of his passes, over 1,700 yards passing, 
11 touchdowns, three picks, and he's got a 107.7 passer rating. I, I'm just, I know he has good receivers, but that's unbelievable considering what we saw from him during his career. So absolutely. And they, and they have him, they just now getting back into the run game with this kid Walker from Michigan state. Um, he's a know, beast. He is a beast. So he's taken right over for Penny and done unbelievable. I, I think he might be better than Penny. Yep. I agree. You know, he does a lot more. Yep. Um, Defensively, they just leave a, a lot to be desired, man. They just don't have it um, defensively. But look at offensively, they're the real deal. And the reason why I put the Giants before the, the Cowboys, even though they beat them, they got one extra loss. You know, I just can't get past that. Plus, I hate the Cowboys anyways. But then why do you guys have the Vikings up so high? I'm sorry, guys. I got to step aside for just a moment. I'll be yeah, right back. Well, I mean, I better. I, the reason I have them, and I'm with you, like I saw the way they played against the Eagles, and they didn't look like a great team. But right, right, right. They, they are a one-loss team. I got to give them some props. You know, for what they've been able to do, that's pretty impressive. All things considered, they have a first-year coach. I mean, there's a there's a lot of reasons, uh, you know, for optimism with, right. with them for where they're headed. Yeah, you know, the Eagles got yeah. them. Yes. What was it, week two? Um, so that that part of it, to me, you know, kind of speaks volumes for sure. I just think defensively, man, they, they're going to be they're going to beat up a little bit defensively, man. I really think that just because they just don't yeah. have they have linebackers. And they have two guys that can rush the passer. But other than that, man, I, their safeties are good. But I don't like their corners. You know, I uh, mean, you know, Peterson is old, man. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Ultimately, they, they that's going to be the safety. downfall. Well, yeah. that's going to be the downfall of them and Seattle come yeah, playoff yeah. time. Yep, you can't yep. stop anybody. That, that's where the Eagles in Dallas. And, and if the Niners can get their act together, are, are sitting pretty, I think, defensively. Absolutely. And, and that's with the, you know, with the Niners. You look at, you know, defensively, they're built very well. They just have too many guys. Um, um, they have too many guys at this point that that aren't doing enough. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Aren't doing enough. Mm-hmm. Um, from an offensive standpoint, they can score with anybody in the league, but it just takes them a longer time to score. They, they, they physically beat you up. You know what I'm saying? They just physically beat you up. That's that's the te- that's the how their team is made up. They're just a physical team that plays great defense. Offensively, they have guys that can run gadget plays. Um, consistently, they're going to have to run the ball more. But you know, at the quarterback position, I just think they lack a little bit in the quarterback position. Yeah, no, I said I hear you, and that's fair. I mean, look, you look at these other teams, and we'll get into the. Uh you know, kind of the bottom feeder teams, if you will, uh, in, in a little bit. But you look at the other teams, just say in the NFC for a minute here, that are, you know, I, I, that are in it, I think, for the long haul. The Giants do defend. I still wonder about the offense, but they've done an amazing job, and maybe Dable can keep out coaching that. Cowboys, we know, can get to the quarterback that much. There's no question about that. Offensively, uh, they have a, they, man, they have some players, man. No, CD Lamb. They do. Michael Gallup. Mm-hmm. Uh, Schultz. Yeah, they got players. I mean, Dallas is very dangerous as much as Eagles fans hate to hear that. I'm I, I'm sure they do, but they are dangerous. Zeke is pretty good, too, man. You know, he's still pretty good, although he's hurt right now. He's mm-hmm. out. <clears throat> I think Zeke you know? is motivated by Tony Pollard. If well, he's out else. right now. Yeah, I know. He's got the knee issues. He didn't practice again today. Questionable for the next game. But I do think I do think. Because of the overuse of Zeke, like as is the case with most running backs in the league, he's lost somewhat of a step. But I yeah. do think he feels his job title and his status in Dallas is in jeopardy because of the emergence of Tony Pollard. Right. And I think that is rejuvenating him. 
you know, in some ways. Mm-hmm. That's been over the last couple of years, though. You know, what I know. Saying? Yeah, but you know what? He's set financially, Barrett. He's got that big check, man. You know, yeah. but you know, at some point, pride, pride does step in. You know, they are still gladiators. You know, I think football is the most machismo sport there is. You Explain know, machismo. I don't. What, you don't know machismo? what machismo is? No. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm the man. I'm bigger than thou. You know. Okay. Um, okay. That, you know. Uh, it's where you play hurt. You're told from the time you start playing the game, you play the game hurt. You, you know, if you can walk, you're not injured. You just it's hurt. An ad, it's an attitude, it's then, an right? Mindset. It's an attitude. Okay, mindset. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's good, man. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. You know, that, you're absolutely right. And so I think, I think because now Tony Pollard is starting to get as many headlines as as, as Zeke is down in Dallas. His status, he feels his status might be in jeopardy down there. So he's thinking, hey, look, I got the money, but. You know, we're in a position to win here. I want to be a part of this. Um, I'm not going out like this. Yeah, I'm going out in a blaze of glory. You know, so it doesn't, you know, those little nicks and pains that used to hurt you before, you can suck them up a lot better when somebody's challenging your position. I, I, you know, I wonder about the Cowboys ultimately, too, though. You know, Mike McCarthy is still running the show there. And if you're in a playoff spot or really critical, you know, regular season game that you need to win, whatever, for seeding. You know, does his, I think, struggles on game day come back to haunt them? I'm still not going to forget about that. I think they're really good, but he's still coaching them. And that, that to me, is a big factor. <laughs> I think you guys are all convinced that everything's okay with him. I'm not. With Mike McCarthy? Yes. Heck no. I've gone oh, okay. on record saying no. Okay. No. I, 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 was, I stood up and applauded when they fired him in Green Bay. Are you kidding me? I couldn't uh, wait to get him out of there. Come on, man. Come on, man. He's done... He's done an he's done a pretty good job this year. No, you know his saying? offensive coordinator has done a pretty good job this year. His and defensive, defensive coordinator, coordinator has done an excellent job this year. Yeah, I'm not giving yeah. Mike McCarthy credit for anything. I think he's just a puppet. He's Jerry Jones' puppet until they get a better head coach, i.e., Sean Payton, line one. You think that's going to happen this year? Not this year. If they win, if they if they if they maintain, if they push the Eagles for the division title, they get in the playoffs. You know, the thing is, since Dak has been there, they have never gotten past the first round of the playoffs. Right. Now, if they've somehow, sure. some way, have got, got past the first round of the playoffs, you're not firing Mike McCarthy. No, no. There's no well, way you're they, firing Mike McCarthy. There's no well, way they should have lost. There's no way they should have lost in the first round of the playoffs last year. No. Because to that 49ers team. But guess why they did? Because of a dumb call by the coaches. Right. You have right, a quarterback right. run the ball and, and, and no more timeouts left. Are you kidding me? No, the, no, the totality of that game, period. Uh, I thought the 49ers just put them on them physically. They just made bad decisions. You know, it, the whole game was just messed up, let alone talking about the end of the game. So you're right, man. It's, it, it, it was, it's just a, a bad – it's it's some bad football being played down at that. And I love it. And yes. I love it, man. Yeah. But, um, Really, when you look at uh, when you look at um, that team, they're, they're kind of stacked, man. You know what I'm saying? Who's that? I mean, would you guys say they still have the best quarterback in the division? Who? No, oh, Dallas. Dallas. Um, uh, no. He, he's he's more proven than Jalen, I guess. I didn't say proven. I said better because you could put the proven in there, and you you have to go to him. Better right now. Who's the better quarterback? I don't know if I'm willing to say that. I, I, uh, I don't know I, about that. I think I might go Jalen. Yeah, um, because my opinions are never slanted towards being a homer and just being objective. I think I might have to go Jalen right now. Even with your objective, you're, you're, you're. I would still have to go Jalen right now. But from what, wow. from the sample I've seen of Jalen through six games, 
Uh, and Dak, you know, Dak is one of these quarterbacks that doesn't turn the ball over. But Dak can't run the ball the way Jalen does. You know, nope. how many design runs have you seen for a Dak Prescott in his career? One or two on a quarterback draw here and there. But not the frequency in which, you know, um, you, you're not going to see Dak Prescott carrying the ball 17 times, 15 times, 13 times, unless well, he has no weapons, unless all his weapons are on IR. That's the only way you're going to see Dak Prescott carry the ball that many times. Yeah, I'm trying to watch the stream and see what the stream says. What do you guys think as far as who's the better quarterback? When I look at when I look at Dak and when I look at Hurts, I, I see a better quarterback in Hurts also. You know, his 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 the way he runs yeah. the offense, how he takes command of the offense. I haven't seen Dak take command of the offense in about a year. In about a year, you know, it wasn't it was the middle of, the middle of last season. He had taken control of the offense, taking control of everything, and he was playing at a high level. But all of a sudden, he just he just he just changed things around. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I don't understand it. Well, Dak, Dak has had his moment in the sun to prove right. himself, mm-hmm. and he's fallen short. Now, granted, you know you can't lay all the blame on the quarterback. He's had defensive collapses. Um, I look at the two games in a row when they had to play against Green Bay in the playoffs, and Aaron Rodgers took the team down the field and won that game. That's on their defense. That's not on Zach because he took him down and gave him the lead. Right, but unfortunately, when you when when we talk about quarterbacks, well, his his record, his record, not the team's record, this quarterback's record in this situation is such and such. Unfortunately, the onus is put on the quarterback. Yeah, um, I need to see Dak win a big game, and that means a playoff game, a big playoff game. We haven't we haven't seen that yet. No, we, okay. we have not. We have and not. he had the weapons. You know, he had the weapons. Look at the weapons he had last year. You had Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup. You know. To get to that point, you know, not Brown, and now, now not a kid Noah Brown, you know, but he was there last year also. He had, he also had, um, he had, he also had the kid Cedric Wilson. Cedric Wilson, a prime example, and Cedric Wilson is a good receiver. Yeah, and they they didn't get it, and that offensive line was a was, was a good offensive line yes. than they have right now. Lyle Collins was there. Williams was there. There you go. They had their starter. Uh, they had Smith. Tyron Smith was Frederick still playing. Was who? Frederick, Frederick was the center. Was he center. retired? Yeah. Yep. So they he had, had everything you need. Complete needed. squad. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Not, but not the only thing, the, but the biggest difference was Barrett. That defense was not this defense. Right. 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 This right, defense right. is like a bunch of piranhas. You know? They just let they had just let uh, Jalen Smith go. Yes. Yes. He went now, to Green Bay actually, and he yeah, retired. They, they, after let that. Him, they let his butt go real quick. The only right. deficiency <laughs> on this current Cowboys defense is stopping the run. They have everything else they need. They they just they just have to find a way and who knows Jonathan Hankton might be that plug to help stop that run I because they've got four they've got four three they've got four defensive tackles that all exceed three hundred pounds right 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 and 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 Hankton is like 320, 325, something like that yeah he's a big boy he's he a, a big boy big dude. he's like he's what I call a biscuit eater he's one of the big biscuit eaters right. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's a few biscuits shy of 400 right. uh, let's do our bottom feeders we're, we're all we, we generally go positive but we're going to skew a little bit towards the, the struggling teams um, at this point in the NFL this is overall NFL bottom feeders okay our five worst see this I'll is go, tough man this, I'll go on. first I'll Hold take on, it but, first all right. let's um, see how you do this. let me ask you before we start five up I'm going up five up <laughs> Five to one. Listen closely, so Barry. Is it five worst? Five, 
five, the five worst. worst teams. Yeah, the five worst teams. Bottom He's going team. from number five to number one, Barrett. Okay. Yes. Pay so attention. That means Brooks. number one is the worst. Yes, number Correct. one is the worst. All right. Number five, the Broncos. Historically bad offensively. I don't care if it's Russell Wilson. I know he's trying to play this week, whatever, in London. They have been an embarrassment. The coach is way over his skis. He has no idea what he's doing. They're a mess, okay, a full-blown mess. So I have the Broncos at five. I have the Saints at four. The Saints have been a mess. And Derek and I talked about this earlier. Yes, they can turn it around because they're in a division that stinks. But they have underachieved in a massive way. I have them at four. I have the Steelers, who the Eagles play this week. At number three, they're another team that has come up small, beyond small. Uh, Their offense is is totally brutal. Um, Number two, I have the Texans, the team the Eagles play a week from today. They are just bad across the board. And then number one, once again, Detroit Lions. Once again, can't stop anybody. All the hype for hard knocks, everything, biting kneecaps, this and that. They still stink like they always do, and they're less competitive this year than they were last year. So I go wow. one Wait, Lions. Hold up, hold, up, hold up. Let me write this down. Okay. One Lions, okay. Two Texans. Two Texans, okay. Three Steelers. Three Steelers. Okay. Four Saints. Four Saints. All right. Five Broncos. Five Broncos, okay. Yes. They're my uh, interesting. My bottom-feeding squads. So who wants who wants next? You want to go next, Mr. Brooks, or what? You want me I'm to go? Little, uh, yeah, you go ahead and go. All right. As I told Rob off the top of the show, I think you were off uh, off that segment, Barrett. I said, you know, we were we were given an outline of what's to come. I said my number five team might shock you, but when I tell you my reasons why, you might agree with them. And lo and behold, Rob and I have the same number five team, the Broncos okay. of all teams. I think that team is a hard team. When you look at the talent they have on both sides of the football, they bring in a $243 million quarterback and they're two and five. They are one of the worst teams in football. Now I could have put the Raiders in there, but they didn't make my list. At number four, I have Pittsburgh. Number three, Carolina. Number two, Detroit. And number one, Houston. Now I debated between Detroit and Houston because and and I gave De- Detroit number two because Detroit can score. Yes, Houston, when it comes to scoring, is not just a job; it's an adventure for Houston. And so that's why I put Houston as the number one worst team in the NFL. Lovey Smith, I feel bad for you, man. I really do. I know you wanted to get back in the NFL. I understand mm-hmm. that, but you might as well have coached in the CFL instead of taking that team down to Houston. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying, bro. Well. I, you know, our number five is is, is a three P. My number okay. five, the Broncos. I mean, it, it what what makes it stink even more? You got the premier court we thought was the premier quarterback that got traded this year, and they've looked worse than everything. I mean, he needs to do more than calisthenics in the uh, in the uh, aisle of the plane as he's going over the across the pond. You know, he needs to do more than that. But I mean, he he even at the level he's see, I've seen him play at, he should be better than win two sneaking games so he's got to be number five number four is the Raiders simply because they went out and got the best wide receiver in football yep. and you still don't know how to use them you still can't 
implement him into the offense. He goes games where he doesn't even get a target. That's it's weird. He has crazy. huge games and then he disappears. Yep. Yep. Right. So, weird. so that's, 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 uh, that's unacceptable. So that's why they're my number 14, number three, the Panthers. Cause they're having a, they're just having a, 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 a sale. They're just trying to get rid of everybody. How are you going to get rid of your number one piece and still try to get rid of your uh, number one pass right. rusher? Right. Number two, got to be the Texans. Cause the Texans just, just don't, they've already had their, their uh their fire sale. They've let everybody go. Best receiver go. Best defensive lineman go. They they just let everybody go. They let Brandon Brooks go. They just don't know what they want to. They're not even trying to get better. They're just getting worse. How do you get worse from letting everybody go and you're still getting worse? And then number one, this has to be the Lions, you know, because you out there biting off kneecaps and getting your kneecaps bitten off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like if you're going to do all of that, you're, you're going to be the – you and everybody screaming at each other and Aaron Glenn screaming and Deuce is going nuts. And this is what you do to start the year? I told you guys. Paper Tigers, fools, man. Though. They're paper lions. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. All right, Barry, what was your what was number five again? My number five was the, the Broncos. Okay. Uh, number four? The Raiders. 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 His Raiders. Raiders. Yep. Okay, yep. number three. Panthers. Okay, Panthers. All right. And I have the two and one. Okay. Yep. All right. There's a lot of teams that could have made that list. Oh, a lot. I mean, but wouldn't you say, I mean, I can't believe I have a list after week, after seven weeks that I have the Broncos, Saints, and Steelers on of the bottom feeders. I, I, I mean, what is happening in this world? We need, I, I didn't even put the Bears on the Bears. They need to be on the list too. I guess, yeah, I know. I think I left them off because they've been like marginally better lately, and maybe it's recency bias because they just beat this, the Patriots on the right. On you just Monday saw night. them. You just saw them have yeah. a productive game. Maybe that's, that's what it is. But like, you know, look, I know Washington has three wins. They stink out loud. Yeah, the, they do. You're right, Barrett. The Bears yep. stink. The Panthers stink. I don't know how they're. You know, they they escaped. You know, the, my list. Um, like go up up top who else could be on there jacksonville although we thought it was gonna be like a feel-good story they haven't been good at nope. all nope. you know so there's there's like four or five other teams that are real legitimate candidates for this list i, I think even though they have three wins i think the colts should be on there i think the colts stink too i agree i agree with you i agree with you 100 but yeah. somebody had somebody had to be omitted from that list though unfortunately but yeah i mean look i i the colts either get a jolt out of this quarterback move or this ends them. You know, Reich's, Reich's kind of pushing all in here. And I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I like, I think Sam Ellinger plays a gutsy brand of football. I just don't know if I he's got too. the arm. Bro, I, this, this is what I foresee. I foresee Steichen is the new head coach somewhere. And, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and your boy uh, Reich is, ends up here as an offensive coordinator. Uh. <laughs> Comes back. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's worked with Sirianni. He works with Sirianni. Yeah. Damn. That's I, I guess it's possible. Look, if the Eagles had the year we think they're going to he- have in terms of regular season wins and hopefully into the playoffs, some staff is going to be going bye bye. Yes. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And I, I don't think that I don't think that um the Gannon goes because he has too many nice pieces here. Way too many nice people. That way, that he's just—it's just that he has so much talent. Yes, he has talent there. That's not coaching. He just has the talent there. I think Gannon, like all coordinators, get the itch. They want—they want their own shot. Their own shot. uh, One one shining moment. I think if the right head coaching position came along, Gannon would jump at that in a minute. I don't blame him. Mm -hmm. So because the the pay between a coordinator and a head coach is vastly different. About a couple mil. There you go. 
Yeah, most mils. coordinate, most court, most good coordinators are getting like one and a half. The top notch uh-huh. quarterback, the you, the bottom basement price for a head coach, even a new head coach who's just starting out, is like three and a half million, three to yep. three and a half. So well, if, if I'm going to improve my finances by a million and a half, two million, I'm go, I'm I'm coaching in Bangladesh for that kind of money. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. So, so why don't you think? Why don't why don't you guys think that um that the uh the Eagles offensive line coach stays? I, I think probably by choice. I I, I, I I get the sense, Barrett. He doesn't want those headaches. There you go. There you go. I think he's taken care of very well for a position coach by yes, the, by yes. the team, and I think he looks at it and he he has sort of a Jim Johnson mindset of there's just so much that goes into that. I can just concentrate on my guys and, and I, I don't need all the other exterior stuff that those guys go through. I, Plus why, probably recent, how else would you explain age. it that he's not yeah. even an offensive coordinator or something? something. Right. You know what? I, he doesn't have to step at the podium and deal with the media every day right. and answer the questions. A lot of coaches don't want that. They don't yeah. want to deal with the media every day. He has to do it at the most, what, once a week, if that? Because he usually, doesn't even do it once a week. There you go. You the only let me tell you something. When I covered that team, the only time you saw Jeff, saw Jeff Stoutland was Maybe once in training camp, they make mm-hmm. them available once in every blue moon. And yeah. and and they would have um, during the off season, whether it was uh, I believe it was back during the OTAs, they would have a day where all of the coaches would sit at a table in the no in, in the uh, Novacare bubble, and we could go from table to table to talk to all the coaches. Now, when Stoutland talks, very enlightening, very insightful individual. But I think that's his ceiling. He goes, you know what? I got to do this two or three times a year. That's it. I'm mm-hmm. done. He doesn't have to do it. A lot of coaches, and you know what, Barrett, let's face it. There are a lot of positions slash coordinators who don't make head coaches. And as we've seen, there's a bunch of them that elevate the head coach that should not be head coaching a national football team. A la Denver. A la Arizona. Yeah. Right. Look at Adam Gase. Adam Gase went from oh. the Miami Dolphins, and the very, as soon as he gets fired from the Dolphins, he not only gets another head coaching job, stays in the division, gets another head coaching job with the Jets, got fired from that job. Yep. Now he might never be another head coach again. But he got two shots back to back. Yeah. Now you're right. I, it, it, it's amazing. It, 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 how did Cliff Kingsbury get the gig? There you go. That's I'm still wondering that because his Texas um, his, Texas um, Tech Texas yeah. Tech yeah. he was horrible. He was average there. He was average. He had average. He had what was he like seven and four, something like that when he yeah. was there. I mean, he barely he barely cracked the surface. He was he wasn't that good. He wasn't no. he wasn't winning the he wasn't winning the Big Twelve. Nope. But but who the did Holmes, he know? I mean, the, some of the talent he had. Yeah, but who did he know with the Cardinals organization? Because he was he wasn't that into being an offensive coordinator at USC. He bolted on USC. Yeah. To take that yeah. job. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty amazing, you know, when you when you look at some of the things that go on. And I, but I again, I think Stoutland is a by choice, not 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 an overlooked guy. I, I you know, I, and who knows? I mean, maybe he maybe at some point, or maybe he feels like if he wins another Super Bowl here as an assistant coach, he's climbed all the mountains, and maybe he tries something else. I I don't know. Hard to say. Stout, Stout yeah. rides off into the sunset. Says, "Hey, I'm done. What do I need to talk to you guys for now? I'm well, out." Do you remember when? Uh, I think it was either. Was it when Doug left or when Chip left? There was the talk was he was going back to Alabama. That was when Doug left. Was it was it Doug? Yep. When when Doug left, but, he was saying he was going back. But you know who ended up being the offensive line coach? My guy, my officer, my um, my he's actually my left guard. 
my left guard from college is now the offensive line co- coach at Alabama. Mm. Right now, I can't believe it. You know, <laughs> Stumpy is he's a, he is that guy now, man. I can't yeah. believe it. Yeah, and I, you know, maybe maybe we all just sort of jumped to that conclusion, but yeah, interesting. Um, all right, I don't know. We 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 had a uh, through nobody's fault uh, on our end. We we've had trouble connecting with Todd, unfortunately. So if we get him, we'll we'll plug him in at some point. But it just didn't happen. So uh, we had plenty of stuff to, to talk hey guys, about. You know what? I, sure. I think I'm I think I'm a I'm gonna go be an offensive line coach somewhere. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start off with uh, I'm, no, going to I'm going no, to Alabama. Not. You're going no, you're to Alabama. You going to Alabama? My yeah. boy Wolfie's no. there. You'll never you'll let me come in under him. Barrett, you can tell that a lot of many people, but I know for a fact, as long as I sit here right now, live, breathing and kicking, you will never be a coach at the collegiate or NFL level. I can tell you, Why that, would right you now. Say that. Why would you say that? You have too many hobbies that we interfere <laughs> with. There's no way in the world. Number one, Sanji's not putting up with it. That's yeah, a lot of time. You're not right? moving. San, you're not seeing you. You're not moving Sanji anywhere. Right. Okay. Number two, <laughs> With your your phantom fishing trips, according to Captain Tuna, you don't you're not a real fisherman. I'm anymore. going on Saturday for sure. Number three, with the cars you're fixing, motorhomes, all this stuff, you, you're not you're not coaching. You're, there's no way. The only thing you do, let me all tell you, the only coaching you're gonna do is sitting in front of a TV on Sundays watching games and coaching from a lounge chair or in the office yeah. getting ready for pre and post game shows. That is it. I can guarantee you that. I bet my life savings on that. What do you think about that, Mister Brooks? Derek, yes, man, that's, that's not nice, man. Is it truthful? Am I telling the truth? Yeah, because I don't want to talk to them knuckleheads, anyways, man. There they, you go. See, they know there everything, anyways, bro. They know everything, go. man. Know can you, you imagine man. me being a coach? I couldn't be a coach because first yeah. time one of them say something crazy to me, yep, I'm gonna want to jump on them. See, you like Seth Jordan, man. You're gonna be punching people out, you're gonna man. be out of the league before you even get your first paycheck. <laughs> you're not gonna do that. You're not, you're not doing that. You like your lifestyle too much, man. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. All right, so we'll come back. Uh, we'll talk a little Sixers, guys, not the start we anticipated. Appreciate that, Jeremiah Butler. I appreciate what that. What is that? What is it? He, he believes in my dream. Jeremiah, <laughs> it, it is a far-fetched dream at the very best. Let me tell you, don't let this man fool you. Oh, he wants nothing to do with coaching uh, and for, for the abundance of reasons I just mentioned. Agreed. Right. Well, Agreed. you know, hey, I'm going fishing on, yeah, there you go. Yeah. I'm going fishing on Saturday for sure. It's already locked and loaded. There okay. you go. Oh, and I also got a, I, I got a game this, uh, I got a game on um, next weekend. So I, I got to do it. I got a game. I don't know what the game is going to be yet, but I got a game on this weekend coming All right. up. Keep it, keep it rolling, man. Stay busy. All right. We'll get a timeout. We'll come back. We'll, uh, we'll do a little birthdays, movies. We'll talk some Sixers and a bunch of other odds and ends going on in the sports world when we return. He's Barrett. He's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Razor technology. Yes, data escape. Data is everywhere in business today, but when it's locked away in silos, it can't be efficiently used, and businesses don't have time for the insights that shape decision-making. Razor Technologies Data Management not only integrates data from wherever it's generated or collected, but provides a uniform structure for storing, interpreting, and distributing it to decision-makers. Razor helps businesses transform and model their data, use it to populate real-time dashboards, and create shareable reports that highlight key areas of progress as well as warning signs in need of attention. Smart data analytics and the tools that make data insights easily digestible help businesses of all sizes and types discover where they could be untapping significant savings. Razor technology can help you break down your silos and fully realize the value of your data to drive growth for your business. 
To learn more, contact Razor Technology today at 866-797-3282, 866-797-3282, or visit them online at razor-tech.com. That's razor-tech.com. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey, the largest workers' compensation law firm in Pennsylvania. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. Even better, Pondley Hockey doesn't charge a dime until you win. If you've been injured at work, give Pondley Hockey a call. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. It's a fall car fest, and Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown says, yes, you can. Jeff says, yes, you can choose from over 1,000 vehicles in stock with no wait. Yes, you can still get low prices, leases, and big discounts. Yes, you can still get low interest financing. And Jeff always says, yes, you can have a real deal buying experience without the hassle. When the other dealers say, no, you can't, Jeff says, yes, you can. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Jeep Adventure Days. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're back. Happy, happy Thursday, everybody. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Barrett, Derek, Rob hanging out with you. And we're going to have Max Starks tomorrow, by the way, guys. Former uh, Barrett teammate will be hopping on with us. We'll get his uh, – Another one? His preview. <laughs> yes, his preview of the uh, of the Steelers. And we have Martin Frank. Derek, you shouldn't be that happy about talking to them, man. Yes, I am. I'm extremely happy. We need to, <laughs> stick, we need to stick to the topics at hand. We need to stick to Steelers stuff, man. It is topic at hand. It's very Steelers. much topic. At hand. Yes, it's one of our co-hosts and the Steelers. 
Yes. Yes, it is. In that order. Terrible, man. In that order. In that order. Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. It's like very it. pertinent information. Oh, my God. So if you're just uh, jumping on, Lane Johnson has been cleared for con- from concussion protocol. He is practicing. Robert Quinn, who will wear number 98, will be practicing today, too. So good signs on both fronts right there that those guys will be playing this weekend. One o'clock start against the Steelers. There's not a ton of one o'clocks left, guys, by the way. Uh, have you looked at the Eagles schedule? We got Schedule, after- schedule sucks. After yeah, after this Sunday they go um, Thursday night at Houston. They go Monday night at home against Washington. Then there's another one o'clock against the Colts. Then it's the Packers Sunday night. Then we get a little run there: uh, Tennessee, New York, and Chicago one o'clock. So then a four twenty-five Christmas Eve. Now we get into flex time. We don't know what that Saints game is going to look like on on New Year's Day. That's a one o'clock right now, and they haven't even given a time yet to the last game against the Giants. I'm assuming this year keeps going the way it's going. That's going to be a Sunday night game. For the There's Giants? No game? doubt. Hell no yeah. Question. Oh, that's don't say a, that. That's going to be oh. a late game, bro. Yeah, oh, no. Yep. Oh, my yeah. God. 100%. Yep, 100%. Um, oh, my goodness. As it should, though. As it should. Yes, as it should. I agree with you, Barrett, 100%. Look, if you're going to have a flex, that if that game's not flexed, you know, there may be another game that means everything for a team, you know, whatever, but it looks like that's going to be a primetime game. Yeah. Uh, I did want to touch on some Sixers here, guys. They lose again last night to the Raptors. They're in Toronto playing two games. They played last night. They'll play Friday night. Uh, they lost the game, and it's really the same old story here with the Sixers. Their transition defense stinks. Um, they're, they look discombobulated offensively. They're just they everything gets bogged down. So right now they're allowing nine point three points per game in transition, which is the worst in the in the NBA. They were twenty seventh in that category last year. Last night, in fact, they got outscored twenty nine to seventeen in fast break points. I'll tell you, even beside that, they're slow on their defensive rotations. Their their perimeter defense, in particular against the three, is non-existent. They look like a team that's totally unprepared, disengaged, lacking focus. None of that looks good for the coach. I will tell you that. Those are all coachable things that um, that you could tell has, has not been put in the center of importance. I would have thought with the guys that we came went out there and got that we would be defensively a better team than than what we're showing right now. We, we went out there talking about an attitude, and I don't see the attitude that we're supposed to be displaying right now. Um, you know, we, we went out and got guys we thought could 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 really be influential in that in, in, in that in that way. And they're not. You know, I thought Melton was gonna come in and be that guy. He hasn't been that way. I mean, there's a lot of guys at this point that just I mean, what is it is it that bad that the coaches just doesn't know what's going on? Um, uh, it, it feels like either he isn't preparing them properly or they're not listening. I don't know, both are bad. You know, neither one's good. Well, I think the not listening is the most damning thing. If he, if they're not receiving his uh his message, then what's the use for him? Yeah, this this no, team is too right. talented, man. We, you know, we got too many guys that can you know, that can play to 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 not be in a position that we're at least competing. We didn't even compete last night. No, I know, I know. Yeah, Come on. I'm with you. Uh... I think it goes a step further than that. I think through the first five games, what did they play? Five games? Yeah. 
five games, it's shown that the teams that they have played are one step ahead of them in terms yep. of team quickness. I think we're looking at a geriatric bunch. We're looking at a combination of two <laughs> You know, he, you're not wrong. We're looking at a combination of two things here, and, and it keeps resonating with what Mark Jackson said. You brought in a new influx of players. They still have not found their identity or their role on this team. So there's a search and search and seek mode on this team. Number two, they have concrete f- boots on their feet right now. A lot of them, okay? Now, I compare it to a team that's very similar in, in terms of team speed, which is lacking, which is the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks are not a fast up and down the court team. They are deliberate. For the most part, now they'll get out and transition occasionally, but they're a deliberate walk it up team, set your offense, run your offense through Giannis type team. Yet they lead the league in points allowed. They don't, matter of fact, the only team in the league right now, early in the season, that is allowing under 100 points a game. You know why? Mm. Continuity and chemistry. Yep. That nucleus has been together for a long time. They know each other inside and out, they know what's expected of them. They take pride in playing their defense. You look at them for the last couple of years, from the championship year to the year they got bounced out this past year, up through the first five games from Milwaukee this year, or three games, they've only played three. Defensive continuity has been a staple of that team. That's one big reason why they've been so successful. Mm -hmm. Miami's the same way. Miami is not this overly talented team, if you think about it, but they have defensive prowess. They can get up and down the court, you know, uh, they're, they're not a big team. I mean, right. the center was what six nine. Yeah, the bias yeah. not not yeah, seven six nine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you look at the Boston team. Now, Boston team is a talented team. They take pride in being one of the best defensive teams in the league. Yep. Plus, they can he, play he the best. transition game. Mm-hmm. Okay, as well. The Sixers don't do any of those things well yet. Okay, there's this no nucleus, identity. Yeah, there's no I, identity right. They now. don't defend. No, they don't run the floor. They're, they're, they've been good in the half court. Uh, because of Harden, who's been who's off to a good start this year, but they, yeah, there isn't anything they do particularly well. And you know that Toronto team's solid, but they're not special. Yeah, you know, right. not by any stretch. Not at all. Not at they're all. Okay. You know. Yeah. But I, I did, this this team should until they to learn until they learn to turn around, and just take control of a game and dictate their own tempo. It's gonna be a rough season for this team. Because you could be a you could be an older team, you could be a slower team, if you, you know, dictate tempo, if you stop them defensively, if you go out there and make them play your game. But they're making they're not making them play anything. They're trying to they're trying to keep up with them instead of going out there and dictating tempos for them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You can't let that happen. You got to stop the ball, slow it down, right, and play your game. They're not doing that right now. They're allowing teams to do it for them. The, in that fourth quarter last night. There was it was it got sloppy in both teams' part, and I'm watching the ball roll around the court, and I'm looking at how they're trying to recover the ball. Both teams, you know, Toronto's trying to get the ball like it's a fumble in a football game. The Sixers are haphazardly, haphazardly going after the ball. Look at William Stark. Perfect. Look at William Stark. Look what he says. Sixers look uninspired. That's a great. That's a great way to put it. It's exactly that's that's exactly what I saw yesterday. Head on uninspired you're right and i i I don't i don't know that duck's wrong either Mm -hmm. you know lost the locker room seriously it's a problem man if you can't get your message across the board and people buy into your message you think they're gonna want to go out there and play for you no exactly 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 um i i didn't want to believe that we were at a point where um this team was just 
not going to be able to work with 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 Doc being there. I didn't think we were going to be there, man. I really honestly didn't think that that he was going to be good. He might be gone, bro. Yeah, he might be. I, I, look, I, here's the thing. Maury didn't hire him. We always know what that means. Like you're you're not nearly as safe as you would have been had he been his guy. Right. There they they have spent a boatload of money. They made major moves in the offseason to improve this team. And they look disinterested. Like that to me, all of those signs point to, and granted, we're only five in, but all of these signs point to an early exit. And let me throw one more in there. We have a shining light of an example of an organization that made a a coaching change and it lit a fuse under them that they're still riding right now. Don't think that that's not a piece of this too in the same city. See, you guys laughed at me the other day when I said, Doc, at this stage, maybe gone in January. You guys were like, what? No, I don't, yeah, well, Derek. I w- the question was: Do would I do it? I would. I would have. I would have offed him in the off season. Damn, I would have. He, he wouldn't. He <laughs> would not have started the season. That's some Nino Brown he, stuff right there. Yeah, right. Then he said. Then he said before he ended, ended the um statement yesterday. He said, "I doubt if he makes it past December." You said January. I said December. I, I like, said. Wow. I said Thanksgiving last night. Yeah. So no, but I think I I do think he's. I think he's in you know in danger zone. I do. I truly believe he's in danger zone for sure. Now I don't know if they just go with the Cassell like Sam Cassell, sort of like the, the the Phillies did with a guy who's there in place. They try and bring or, somebody in from the outside, which is rare like, during the season that you do that. Or like what Celtics did. The Celtics hired within. They did. Well, yeah, they that was that was yeah, it was a little weird that whole thing. But I I don't know. But here's the other thing: if the Celtics keep playing well, uh. Ime never comes back. He's not coming back anyway. Yeah, coming no, back. I don't think he's coming back anyway. They're no. on vacation. No. All right, so All right. let's hit a couple other things. So the did you see what happened with the Nets last night? So Nash got ejected for the first time in his career. He oh, lost yeah. his mind. Um, and and Ben continues to be just a, a mess, you know, frankly. He, he had another game where there was a, there was a circumstance where uh, Kyrie's driving he hits him in the lane, bends right under the basket, and he turns around and kicks it back out like we've seen a million times. So he plays 34 minutes, scored four points, seven shot attempts. He was two for seven, 0 for two from the line. Did, did have nine assists, five rebounds, but turned it over two times as well. I, I'm telling you, and, and the, you know, the Brooklyn's one and three, the the patience and tolerance for this crap with him is, is going to wear thin fast, Bruh. real fast. Are you kidding me? The two big boys are gonna be like, "Yo, shoot the effing ball, let's yeah. go!" Yeah, watch. And so, Durant's blunt. Durant's a blunt guy. Yeah, yes. So, Durant so Rob, won't play. Rob, while you're reading all those stats on Ben, I said, let me go to ESPN.com. You know, because the one thing on ESPN.com, you can you pull up NBA rosters, and at the end they tell you what the players are making for this year, right? Right. Now, according to this, Ben is making this year. million. Yep. Yep. 35. As a matter of fact, he is the one, two, he is the third highest paid player on that team behind Kyrie and Kevin Durant. $35.4 million. And they were excited to have him back for that kind of production. And all I'm going to say is this you think he cares about you, me, and he? Nope. We talking about? Nope. All he cares about that lifestyle. Yeah, he, he's he's like, let me see. Uh, which mansion am I going to get in Brentwood? Uh, what you know, what <laughs> sweet sweet ride am I rolling up in? And what 
what hot chick am I dating? You know what I mean? <laughs> While these, these schleps are talking about me. Okay. Right, right, right. But, Keep all talking. And yeah. that's fine, right? But ultimately, that's gonna not going to – like Durant and Kyrie have that money too, right? right. And Durant especially wants to win. So Durant is not going to play. I'm telling you, man. It's That ain't going to go well. He don't okay. care. If they would have, if I they know send he doesn't him. care. I know yeah. he doesn't care, but that means that team's going nowhere. Is what no, if they send him on the bench, he gets that money. I agree. If they cut him, he gets that money. Yep. He don't care. Nope. Nope. That's a shame. Nope. And he's what, 25? What is he? 26? Yeah. What's, what's he's at 25. Yeah. Uh, where is he? 26 that, years old. Uh, yeah. He's, he's, a, he's got a, he's got it all in front of him, man. He Look turned what 26 he's done. in July. Bro, he and that he's made over what 150 million so far. Yeah, crazy, Jeez. he got the max. He got the max of his of, of his playing time. Yeah, the, the dude literally sat out a whole season to get season to make sure that he was going to be rookie MVP yeah, he, for five million dollars. He's sat two full NBA seasons so far in his career. <laughs> did, did you hear what I said? He sat out to just get year. rookie of the year. I know to get rookie of the year. And we should have known then five million dollars. Yeah, yeah, we should have known then. Do you imagine that? that you don't have to do your job for two years and you're set for life? Yep. Who does it? We're in the wrong business, my friend. That's some Bear Brooks stuff right that there. That's some Brooksy stuff. Bruh, uh, bruh. If I could make, bruh, what? I nickel and dime the league. Yes. I nickel and dime the league and still didn't make half of what that dude making this year. In, in, in a couple games. Yeah. Right. I know. <laughs> I know. All right. Let's do some birthdays. Let's get off Ben Simmons. Let's do some birthdays. Um, Teddy Roosevelt, our sixth president. Or 26 presidents. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A great president. He was a great president. Uh, legitimately. Teddy Theodore. Theodore Teddy Roosevelt. Now, 18, 1858, he was born. The first year Derek covered the Steelers. <laughs> I mean, what? No, they were they were the Steagles back then. The Steagles. Then. That's right. Yeah. One year. Uh, John Cleese, Monty Python fame. It, yep. it turns 83. Lonzo Ball uh, yep. the, of the okay. Ball family. Still coming back from a knee uh, surgery. He's 25. John Gotti, the famous Teflon Don, the gangster. Yeah. Not a dude you would want to cross. He was uh, the head of the most powerful crime syndicate in America at that time. Man. Yeah. I've watched a million, uh, mm. you know, of the crime shows on him, but he's born in 1940. Scott Weiland, who was uh, the head, the lead singer of Stone Temple Pilots. Uh, he was born in 1967, unfortunately died uh, at a very young age uh, with uh, some substance abuse issues. Kelly Osborne, Ozzy's daughter, is 38 years old. Mm. Ivan Reitman, who is a great director uh, over the years, unfortunately passed away, I think, last year. Uh, he was born on this day in 1946. Simon LeBon, who knows who that is? Derek. Duran Duran, baby. Oh, Duran Duran, lead singer. Uh, was born, uh, he's, he's 64 years old. Lou Williams, sweet Lou, former Sixer. Lou. Yes. He is 36 years. I, I think, is he in the league? Yes, with Atlanta. He's I still believe. with Atlanta? He's still with Atlanta, I believe. Okay. Uh, yeah, Lou's 36 years old. What else you got, Derek? That's all I got, birthdays. Uh, Ball. How about Marla Maples, second oh, wife of Donald Trump? That's correct. Uh, and Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn was an eight-year NFL vet. Guess how many games he played in eight years? Ooh. Brady Quinn. I'm going to say. first-round pick of the Cleveland Browns. 30-something. 24 games. <laughs> I eight, do eight games now granted to one year he lost because he was weightlifting in in the weight room and, and suffered a herniated disc in his back cost mm-hmm. him the whole season yeah the dude played here get this he had in eight years 24 games 12 touchdowns 17 interceptions 
first round pick of the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, he, he played he had, with let's see, one, two, three, four, five. He played with five different teams with the Jets and St. Louis's last two teams. Never played a game for him. He was in Denver for two years. One year in Denver, never played a game to hold. So three out of his eight years in the NFL, never played a game. Yeah, he 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 uh, he got swallowed up by the coke getting drafted by Cleveland, which is taking yeah. a lot of people out. Yeah. But I hear you. I'll yeah. do one better. If God didn't play. Ooh. Andrew Bynum turns thirty-four today. Wow! Oh, wow! <laughs> oh wow! Oh my goodness! He's and, bowling and, somewhere. Yeah. Right, right, and, and then um, Philly's own Evan Turner is thirty-three oh. today. Okay, a lot of okay. NBA, a lot yeah, of NBA yeah, mixed in there. Yeah. All right, go. let me give you some movies. We have Rebel Without a Cause, uh, James Dean, Ooh. from way back when, 1955. Leaving Las Vegas, Nicolas Cage and Elizabeth Shue, which is a good movie, um, 1995, 40 years later. And there wasn't a ton else that really sparked it for me. I don't know about, about you, Derek. Uh, what about Romeo and Juliet with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? That was a remake. Yeah, That, that, was, one, that, that, that was, was an all star cast, dude. Paul Rudd, John Leguizamo. Paul who was Sabino. the who was it, Gwyneth Paltrow or who was the uh the uh can't, Brian Denny? I can't think of who the woman yeah, was. Yeah, that's a good cast. Yeah, that's a pretty Great good cast. cast. Yeah. Uh one movie I refuse to watch because I don't watch those movies. Jigsaw. It came out in 2017. Uh, yeah, no. I can't watch that mess, man. Bro, and that's Saw, too scary for me, man. Too yeah. Then the yeah. other one was Saw Three in 2006. I can't watch Saw that. Three. Yep. You know, <laughs> you ever guys ever see the movie Assassin's Creed? Assassin's Creed. Yes. That's yes. a good movie. That came Love out in 2016. Right, check that out. I didn't see that. Yeah, that's a good you one. You ever seen Assassin's Creed? No. Oh, that's Love a good it, movie. Man. You like I'll, that? I'll, I will. I'll, I'll check that out. Yeah, for sure. And did you guys see the original movie Drumline uh, with Nick Cannon? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. So then Drumline, a new beat, the, re- the sequel came out in 2016 with Nick, Nick Cannon also in it. I didn't see that. They did a sequel? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, they did. <laughs> <laughs> man, we'll, we'll, we'll sequel anything, won't we, at this point? Oh my goodness! Was he still was he still in the drum line at that point? Where was right. he? Yeah, that's a good point. What was his role? Then? Was he a, was he a teacher by then? I can't remember. I remember seeing it. I can't remember what his role. My man's got to do a lot of movies. He's got a lot of a lot of kids to support. So a lot of kids and still having them too. Man, Oof. still firing shots, bro. God bless, man. You know, sometimes sometimes you just you know you retire that. You know, no need to be taking shots on the goal anymore. Uh, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You got to get neutered, bro. Exactly. You got to get, get neutered. Get the man. collar hey, around you. Like hey, dogs. hey, hey, man. You got to put, yeah, you got to put that, you got to put that uh, cone around the here. Cone on, yeah. is, is there anything worse hey. than doing that to a dog? It, it got pet. It's the worst. Uh, they no. look oh, at you yeah. like, are you really going to make me wear yeah. this thing? Like, and it's and, scratching at it and oh, I'm trying to bite it. It just kills you. You can't, I can't even look at them when I'm like, oh, man. Oh. That's the worst. Well, how come you guys didn't say, for birthdays, you guys didn't say Kelly Osborne, man? We said her. We said her. He okay, ain't paying attention again. See, yeah. See, you yeah. ain't paying attention, dude. Hey, by the way, uh, we so we had a little trouble connecting <laughs> with Todd Callis. He's going to join us tomorrow at twelve thirty. So that was good hustle by Xander to get that locked down. Oh. So oh, Todd man. Callis, Martin Frank, and uh, and Max Starks. We got a killer show tomorrow. What a great week we've had so far. Already, man, I'm loving that. Man, and game one of the World Series tomorrow. What a way to finish off the work week. Game one of the World Series, Sixers in Toronto. Uh, we, don't, we don't care about that. We, we give up. Point. And yeah, then, we and then, <laughs> you said we don't okay. care about that? Yeah, we don't even care about that. Uh, we, care. We, we don't care about the Sixers anymore, huh? <laughs> How about, I love the way the schedule works, too, with the Eagles being off or the uh, Phillies being off Sunday. Perfect. Yes. 
Perfect. And then you may be go back out to Houston if you have to, and then the off day will be Thursday when the Eagles play. And yeah. it's just it worked out. It's just great schedule wise. Major um, League Baseball didn't want to go up against the NFL. No, they don't want they to know. lose those ratings. They know. They know. They know hey, the, um, the juggernaut. Yeah. I just got I just got a text from Captain Tony. What? He's saying they killed the stripers today. What? Woo-hoo! Can't yeah. wait to Saturday, baby. All tell right. Tony. Tell Tony I expect that uh, express that FedEx Express package in the mail. No, you know what he actually said. He said, "Actually, what? when you're going home, that from um, when you're driving home this Sunday, you go you go past um, where he lives. That you yeah. can actually he'll he'll meet you up on the highway, and you guys can hand it off. There you go. Ooh. All right, we got to run, fellas. We got to run. All right, want to thank Xander Kraus. Good hustle out of Xander today. Want to thank all of you in the chat section. We appreciate you, everybody listening, everybody streaming. Thank you. We're back at it same time tomorrow with a star-studded show for sure. Don't go anywhere." Dan Cilio and the National Football Show. For Barrett, for Derek, I'm Rob. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. It's a fall car fest, and Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown says, yes, you can. Jeff says, yes, you can choose from over 1,000 vehicles in stock with no wait. Yes, you can still get low prices, leases, and big discounts. Yes, you can still get low-interest financing. And Jeff always says, yes, you can have a real deal buying experience without the hassle. When the other dealers say, no, you can't, Jeff says, yes, you can. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Jeep Adventure Days. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.